Let's take a look at the board. And the categories are... Potent Potables. Joey, you like movies about gladiators. You're no messiah, you're a, you're a movie of the week. So you listen to me and you listen well. Look, well, let's not stand on ceremony, mate. Let's start the show. Well, hi everybody. This is Potent Pictures Podcast. I'm Dave, as always, and I'm joined by Matt, Peter, and Sean. Uh, and tonight we were discussing the uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the newest edition in the uh, MCU, uh, starring Tom Holland as the newest Peter Parker. Uh, we got a little taste of him in uh, Civil War, and now he finally got his own movie, and uh, we'll see how uh, how it turns out for us. So as always, we like to talk about what we're watching and what we're drinking, so uh, let's start off with Peter this week. Peter, what you watching and what you drinking? Yeah, so I've caught a few different things this week. The the first one is a comedy that I picked up, as always, I think you all know where I watched it, which is on a plane. Uh, I watched Chips, which is a, you know, a Dax Shepard joint. He directed and I think he wrote and stars in it. Uh, it also has Michael Pena. I was not expecting anything good from this movie, and I was not surprised at the outcome. It was not a good movie. <laughs> there was a few random uh, comedy scenes that were semi-funny. Overall, it was the same sort of humor that you usually get out of anything that Dax Shepard is in. I don't know if you guys have seen anything that he's in. Occasionally, there's uh, there was that one where he was the prisoner or something like that. Do you, you, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Definitely not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that one as well. That actually had Kristen Bell in it as yeah, well. Yeah, let's go to let's uh, go to prison. Oh, I was thinking the one where it came out. It had Bradley Cooper and Kristen Bell. You're right though, Sean. Let's go to prison. Let's go one. to prison. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And then the what was it, Baby Mama or whatever the heck it was? He was oh, like you're the right. Husband. Yeah, he's the baby daddy in that one. I mean, let's be honest. He basically plays the same character in in every movie. single movie. Yeah, every single but movie. Let's not. He he also was in Zathura, though. So guys, let's not be too upset. He was in the futuristic space Jumanji movie. So <laughs> that's a win right there. there. Sounds fantastic. Did anybody actually see that? I think I saw it when I was working in it. What year did that come out? I think I may have seen it when. Nope. No. I, I saw I saw that it existed and then I stayed <laughs> away from it. If that counts, yeah, I'll I'll take that. Speaking of Jumanji, I just saw that uh, that trailer. I didn't know Jack Black was going to be in it, and I, I know that oh, yeah. um, Sean's pretty excited that Nebula is going to be in it. Uh, Karen Gillian oh, yeah. uh, and The Rock, which we're all always pretty excited about, as well as Kevin Hart, who's funnier than Will Ferrell, which we which we now know. But with Jack Black, I feel like that just rounds it out so well. Literally, I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know he, you know he's playing a a, a teenage girl in the in the movie. You know, if, and if anybody can do it better than Rob Schneider, I think it might be Jack Black. So <laughs> I, I agree. I'm actually when when I fi- when I saw that, I was like, okay, now I kind of want to see this movie a little bit more because I think this might be kind of hilarious. Well, I think the best the best part that I saw was that Kevin Hart plays a short black guy, <laughs> and he's a tall black guy, and like the the teenager, which is great. So well, I mean, did y'all see Central Intelligence at all? I did yes, not, I, no. yeah, that was that was enjoyable. That's fun. It was very enjoyable, and and the way uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart actually play together and they play off each other, I think it's, I think it works. It's a good team. They should I, use those two for the Twins remake. Oh God, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's like the fit, the perfect couple for those two. Uh huh. I'm sure that's in the works somewhere. Yeah, it's probably the Ke- a, a Kevin Hart joint. If not, it's been put into the universe, and let's pray somebody picks up on that. The good, the good vibes, the good vibes. So, what else? What else, Peter? What else are you watching? I was just gonna say. So, obviously, we all know how great Dax Shepard is because nobody wanted to talk about him. We just went on a random tangent. So, <laughs> I think the last movie I saw that he was in was Without a Paddle. So, what is that? Like two thousand four. Now, to be fair, Without a Paddle is a gem with uh, Seth Green <laughs> and it's phenomenal fun. 
Matthew Lillard, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, Matthew who, Lillard. You know, yeah. makes me want to watch Scream. Is about everything. Uh... I was gonna say any any '90s movie, late '90s movie, early 2000s. I was just gonna pretty say, much. She's all she's that. All that. In all those movies. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away from him. No, the other thing I watched was uh, Life Animated. I don't know if you guys have heard about this movie. It's a it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. It revolves around an autistic kid who essentially grew up. And when he was three, he was affected by autism pretty heavily. He basically stopped speaking and, you know, lost a lot of his kind of processing. And he ended up, you know, his parents found out the best way to communicate with him was through Disney movies. He would always watch Disney movies. And so, you know, randomly a few years into his treatment, he hadn't been speaking and he just started quoting Disney movies. And his his parents realized that's how they'd get out, you know, get across to him. So long story short, I'm not going to lie. Having a kid, I just bawled like a baby on the plane watching this movie. And uh, it was it was really pretty powerful and it was a really interesting kind of look into what it's like to be affected by autism so again having a new kid probably didn't help so peter i think i remember seeing this like either like on uh, cbs this morning or something like that like they were i think they were interviewing the parents or something like that i vaguely remember that. i didn't know they actually made a documentary on it that that actually sounds like a good one yeah it was it, I, I again caught it on a plane but it uh i had heard about it from another podcast maybe even six months ago and I had heard good things and I saw it on there and I said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, check it out. So yeah, if you can find it, definitely worth, uh, worth checking out. So um, I got to ask though, Peter Gilbert Gottfried, like what does he play in that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a good catch. So, so again, you know, the big thing for him is he's in love with Disney movies. And so he actually started a, a Disney club at his autistic school. And, you know, he, he brought in all the kids and they'd talk about Disney movies. And in one of the scenes in the documentary, uh, he had actually at one point met the, the gentleman who voices Jafar from Aladdin. And so he came to the, to the class and kind of talked to everybody. And then during that meeting, Gilbert Godfrey walks in and starts talking like Yagi the parrot. So it it was pretty fun to kind of, yeah, get to see the characters and, get to see him in real life and Gilbert Godfrey's a just cracks me up crazy old guy so but yeah um what am I drinking so I was back in Chicago and my brother-in-law is always a great source for some new beers so what I tried was from Pipeworks Brewing Company based in Illinois it's called Ninja versus Unicorn and the the can has exactly that a ninja fighting unicorn so classic nice. yeah got got to have it um it's an 8% alcohol by volume uh, IPA or double IPA it is a really good beer if you guys can find it I would definitely recommend it uh, you won't even know that it's that high in alcohol it's it's a nice summer drink and definitely something I would recommend if you can find again it's uh, ninja versus unicorn you gotta love the the fun beer names that always that always gets me so Matt what about you so I've got a, I've got a few good ones I'm excited to talk about as well as um, one that was about as good as you'd probably expect um, so one, a little off-season, I watched The Night Before uh, with Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie, you know, uh, Sean's um, favorite, and uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as well as some fun cameos and additional uh, folks in the cast, um, including Zod from uh, Man of Steel. And just, I remember kind of being behind the, you know, behind and seeing that when it came out a couple years ago, and it quickly, I think we, we early before we started uh, kind of recording these, we were talking about Christmas movies and that quickly made it made itself onto the list of, of what i watch every every uh christmas uh season and uh, apparently it's also part of my summer watching just to get me in the mood for the holidays um but even there you know, is a christmas in july just fyi you're okay 
All right, excellent. There is Christmas Perfect. in the I'm, I'm in the so right mindset. You're, you're so good. So that's good. Good. And don't forget, I think we bonded over that movie, by the way. Just a little uh, tidbit for that, the listeners. That oh, yeah, and that, was, that was actually in May. So I guess it's not the first time I watch it off season. It's just that's how funny the movie is, folks. <laughs> if, you, if you want to watch some good, uh, good fun. How um, cute. The night before. Definitely a, a good way to go. If you need to wait for Christmas or wait for the holiday season, you know, do so. It'll it'll be worth it. And then on a kind of another comedy, uh, Funny People by Judd Apatow with uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Seth Rogen. And, and this is I kind of want to talk more more about this one. This is something that people kind of, you know, they always give Judd Apatow a hard time because he does the humor. Um, but he also kind of adds some dramedy, you know, kind of drama to it. And people don't like having the kind of heavy subject matter in their comedy. Like, you know, you know, the night before things like Superbad, they always give the kind of cliche or, you know, necessary um, down downturn um, to kind of add some drama to it. Maybe some friends fighting or something like that. But, you know, you know, they're going to work it out generally, aside from something like the breakup. Spoiler alert. But. Have you guys seen Funny People, or do you guys have that opinion on on the Judd Apatow films? I've actually never seen it, but I've heard only good things, and it just hasn't it hasn't made it on my on my list of things to watch. You've got to see it. I to me, I'm glad you brought this up because this is this is probably the last good Adam Sandler movie when you look at what came out. I guess there's I think The Cobbler came out after this, and there's might be a, another random one, but I surprisingly liked this because it, like you said, it's kind of that mix of humor and more the the drama and it's uh, what's the other one that he's known for that um punch drunk love was another one that oh adam sandler i was thinking judd apatow yeah 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 sorry um yeah i I, i'm a big fan of this one yeah i'm glad i'm glad to hear that peter because most i have friends that don't even want to turn it on because they couldn't believe when it turned into kind of the drama uh, kind of more serious tone and I think it just makes it more, much more. I appreciate the characters a lot more because they have the lighthearted side, but they also have to deal with, you know, real world shit. Which I know, you know, and sometimes you want to have that escapism, which obviously I'm I'm definitely a fan of. Um, but it, it's nice. It, it's it's very enjoyable, and overall, I think the humor level uh, definitely outweighs the kind of seriousness that you know does kind of start to start to take hold over the second act and third act. But uh, def- definitely a fun time. Um, very enjoyable, maybe not always a fun time, but definitely, definitely a very enjoyable movie. Um, and as you said, maybe I haven't seen the cobbler. Um, but if, if you brought it up as a good movie, I'm not sure. Uh, but definitely, you know, probably the best Adam Sandler movie you're, you're going to see, um, that came out in the past, maybe 10 years. And, um, Seth Rogen also has Aziz Ansari. If you want to hear him, uh, talk about the Cold Stone Creamy, uh, ice cream sizes. Gotta have and, it. And, uh, jo- Jonah Hill. Um, you got, you got a lot of, just a fantastic cast, great acting, Eric Bana not being a Hulk. Um, so I can't, I can't recommend this movie enough and it's always something I get excited to watch. So yeah, that's about it. Now on a, on a darker side, I don't have much to say about this film, but I do have to say it's going to be a, a not recommend. Um, this is the great wall with Matt Damon. I, I cannot believe how bad this movie was. Um, (laughs) even knowing how bad it and how poorly it was reviewed it was still reviewed higher than movies that i actually do enjoy and think are more than passable and entertaining it it very reasonably could be the worst movie i've ever seen um Ow. just you know if you think of the grandeur that it was associated to it it was a b movie at best and very painful to watch 
Uh, Matt Damon has a, a very odd, you know, I think he's doing a Scottish accent off and on. You know, Willem Dafoe's in it. And obviously, you know, you have a, a, a probably, a, I think it's a star-studded cast uh, um, from, you know, Chinese cinema. Um, but overall, just a, just a poor outing. And it's a shame because, you know, it's, it's not bad to see a fun epic that's just entertaining popcorn movie. And it was it was none of that. So that's unfortunate. Steer clear of it. I kind of want you guys to watch it just so I, I can complain about it with somebody a little bit more. But yeah. Um, in terms of what I'm drinking, which I had been, which I wish I had been drinking while I was watching the the Great Wall, um, I may have fallen asleep, but uh, I'm actually drinking some bourbon, some Kirkland bourbon from Costco. Uh, there, I'm I'm not sure who they're actually you know labeling it from, um, but it's it's pretty tasty. It it's definitely not something that I necessarily am going to drink straight again, um, but it, it's more than reasonable for the kind of a generic, uh, you know, generic bourbon. Um, taste to it so did it come in a 55 gallon drum it did not though we did used to buy the kirkland vodka um in college and once we finished it we would fill up our water bowls out of it and make people think that we were actually putting vodka in the water bowls while playing beer pong um because they were drunk and thought we were trying to be very sterile so that was very very enjoyable until people actually legitimately thought we were doing that costco is always a good choice one of the downsides of being in texas is that they generally can't sell liquor because you can't you have to go to a liquor store for it and so it's kind of hard to get a hand on or get a hold of kirkland liquor so not- so fun, fun fun little side story about how matt probably got this bottle <laughs> which was when we uh, were driving into new orleans for mardi gras from where we were driving from houston i think at the time and he required me to go almost 20 miles out of the way so that we could go to costco to pick up I think, oh God, I think I think we took a picture of it. It was probably three or four bottles of bourbon, of Kirkland-style bourbon. Um, what else? We had some scotch whiskey, some whiskey. We did pick up a case of their beer, which, by the way, if you've ever purchased a Kirkland's light beer, <laughs> literally referred, it is called light beer yeah, on just, a black can. It is excellent. After about four of them, it's palatable. I can I can honestly say it's that it's cheaper than water, Dave. I remember going to like oh, going to Kroger and you can get a case of like that Kirkland light beer for like two dollars cheaper than a case of water. Yeah, we showed up we showed up to a party with that and they were like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Don't worry about it. It was like five bucks. It's fine. It's like a thirty pack." It's and fine. I was more than happy to drink it I, for the for the price. I was more than yeah. I was. I wish it was available when I wish they were making it when I was in college. Oh, it would have been a great college beer. I, that I do not disagree with. But I still actually I was almost about to start drinking uh, my uh, my bottle of uh, Kirkland's uh, bourbon, but I had nothing to mix with it because it's like you said it's not exactly a um, not a, sipping. a bourbon you yeah. yeah it's not a bur- it's not a sipping bourbon unfortunately yeah it's 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 okay if you're in a pinch and you, you want to go for it it's it's more than fine compared to maybe some more name brand stuff that I've had that I you know didn't live up to it but I, I do want to just tack on that I bought that I also bought their you know their Crown Royal. Um, Kirkland brand, as well as their Jack um, Jack Daniels, which is just literally called Tennessee whiskey. I haven't, I haven't, cra- I've I've tasted it, but I haven't gone through that yet. Um, but I have a lot of uh, Kirkland uh, whiskey uh, style booze to go through. So if it's available, it's it's not a bad way to go. But yeah. What what about you, Sean? What are you what are you watching? And I feel drinking? like you guys are having a lot more uh, t- like fun <laughs> with your uh, watching and drinking this week. Now, don't get me wrong, I had some fun watching what I watched, but. Uh, I think a little bit of what I watched was more like reality television this week. So did you guys ever, were you guys ever fans of Top Gear, the uh, BBC show that 
aired for shoot 12 13 years did you guys ever watch that show i watched yeah. a few episodes yeah, yeah. and some clips that show. are always entertaining yeah the stig I, so i was always a fan of that show and i never had watched the uh the grand tour their new series on uh amazon i got into that when i was flying this past weekend so i watched about five episodes it's uh, i like the concept of how they basically do cool shit and then they like they get, they narrated in between segments on their uh, just like they did on their uh, Top Gear, but they do that now on the the Top um, the Grand Tour show. So watched a few episodes of that this week. Very entertaining. Also got in. It's I watched a classic this past week, which if you haven't ever seen it, most people probably have Anchorman with Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, uh, Steve Carell. And uh, I always forget the guy who plays Champ Con, but uh, yeah, great, great movie though. Old SNL, old, old <laughs> SNL uh, uh, guy. Oh God! And if you ever seen Out Cold, yeah, it's another uh, great one. Good, good reference, David. Out Cold is. Uh, I was actually one of my my favorite quotes was from that movie when he goes off in his rant about um, all the people coming in. <laughs> uh, I I can't think about it. If I can remember it, I'll, I'll find it. But it used to be like a quote I would have on. Oh man, you remember AOL Instant Messenger? Remember how you would have your info? I think that was in there. Okay, little AOL so, days. Shout out. Yeah, man, throwback. Shout out to uh, to that. But but yeah, that's all I really got into this week was uh, I watched that over the weekend um, that movie, and then I obviously have seen Spider Man a couple times. But uh, as far as what I'm drinking though, I bought a uh, a couple beers when I went to the grocery on Monday, and one of which is a another Illinois classic peter and that's uh goose island sophie which oh nice sophie's a, a nice little like it's a belgian style farmhouse ale it's uh i think it's about six and a half or seven percent alcohol by volume so it's a strong beer you know it's i think they consider it one of those barley wine beers of some sort because it comes in a uh it comes in one of the bomber bottles like a champagne style bottle so definitely a great beer worth checking out um if if none of our listeners have ever had it I highly recommend it. Other than that, just getting into rosé in summertime, right? Summertime, you got to have a nice chilled out, cool wine. Go with some rosé. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah, right? No, no one's going to judge because we all drink yeah. it. That's <laughs> all right, that's all I got, Dave. What about you? What do you got going on? So um, I actually did finally finish Glow this past weekend. Um, I was actually up in, uh, up in Fort Worth and I was hanging out with Matt and uh, he was in a meeting, so... I ended up sitting on a sofa watching like maybe four or five episodes of Glow and ended up finishing it out. So I would definitely recommend that to anybody. Um, it's that new Netflix uh, show. I know we've talked about it previously about the uh, glamorous ladies of wrestling. Phenomenal show. Uh, thoroughly entertaining. It's got just a. It, it, it's a little. It's a little tough at first because you're not really sure where it's going, but it picks up on the second episode and it pulls you in. Um, definitely recommend that for everybody. The one big thing that I've been watching to kind of um, prepare for uh, this Sunday is uh, I've been re-watching um, the past two seasons of uh, Game of Thrones. And I don't know if anybody's, if any of our listeners actually watch it. If you don't already know, this Sunday, Season 7 starts up. Get prepared. Start watching because it's going to be a doozy, I think. Uh, we've only got two seasons left, and I think they're going seven or eight episodes each one. If you haven't actually started watching it, but you've read the books, which is probably rare that somebody's actually done that, but there are people out there. You have time. You have a few days. Start binging it right now. Get squared up for seven. Um, season six was the first uh, season where they um, they actually um, they had no books to uh, to follow. So you got some time. 
but it'll it'll get you squared away. Um, and, and just to add to that, you got to pace yourself. You're gonna you're gonna have plenty. You're gonna breeze through the first four seasons. The the fifth one's gonna be okay, but six and is is they starting the seventh or are they starting the yeah seven seven starting okay. This month. So the first four seasons are gonna be really easy to get through if you're binging and and you're trying to catch up for lost time. Maybe maybe you finally decided to jump in on HBO now or something and you want to do it, but. I'm going to be honest, the, the fifth and sixth were kind of painful for me to get through in terms of uh, just some tedious episodes, maybe a little too long. I think you'll still be able to get through them pretty quickly. Just don't worry about maybe walking out of the room if you need to take care of something. And wait, just let it wait, go. season six? I think the last two episodes of six were, were kind of making up for it, but... Uh, okay, I could right. I could I'll be just... misremembering. There were kind of some, maybe it was the end of four and most of five that was painful. Maybe. But, uh, six was just nonstop backstabbery across the board. It's great stuff. I don't know, uh, Peter, Sean, have y'all actually watched the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I guess I'm the lone outlier here. I have never watched any episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh, Sean. Come on. My God. Yeah, I just I, that, I just didn't get it. You are part of the 1% of the population. Is it just 1%? Congratulations. I, I've always thought so. But not monetarily, so, so sorry. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, it, nothing, I've heard a lot of good things, but I've watched a couple of, like, I guess I've watched parts of episodes that, like, when I've been around people who are watching it, and yeah, I guess because I'm don't have any idea what's going on, I kind of just was put off by it. So, yeah, n- oh, not a, not a not a fan. Like everybody else is getting hyped for this, and I'm just like, uh, you know, not really feeling it. HBO could spend their money on something much better, I'm sure. Like Ballers, Ballers is coming out soon. <laughs> well, I mean, they, Whoa, they, they don't have to spend man. nearly as much That's money on ballers because I don't think they have as much uh, CG they need to do or anything like that. It's you know the the rock just looks like that, so there's not much to do. And while you know Rob Corddry could maybe stand some some modifications digitally, what add some hair? I, I was just trying to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm Ouch. I'm a huge fan, and he looks better than I do, so I can't tell. Uh, well, if he gets a, if he gets a little bangs like he did in. Um, Oh God! What was that movie? Hot tub, Hot tub, time, tub time machine, machine too. <laughs> yeah. No. Or yeah, well, he one had or it in two. that. But no, what was the? No, no, no. What was? No, no, no. He had a full. He had a full set of hair. I'm talking about. Um, if you, I'm blanking if out. If you right say now. hot tub time machine, I'm gonna drop kick you. No, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It was the one where um, I'm trying to think who the car- the actor was. Got married, and it was a horrible marriage on the honeymoon. It happened in uh, Vegas. No, shoot. Give me a second. I'll figure it out. But basically, he he grows out like five hairs in his on his bangs. And he like combs them into like a point, and it's it slowly grow over the uh, the course of the movie, they, it slowly gets longer. But everything else is shaved. It's it's amazing. But I'll figure it out and I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pull it back up. But but like like Matt said, he had a more of a, a, a movie that he will not recommend uh, to everybody that I actually watched as well. Another movie. Um, it's a documentary called uh, What the Health. It's been the rage apparently for all the people, and nobody wants to eat after watching this. It's a documentary on Netflix. Um, basically. It's a vegan propaganda, I guess, and uh, I really, really wanted to punch the uh, the the person that's the uh, documentary. What would you call the guy who runs the documentary? Um, I don't know. Director. What his name is. Oh, narrator. No, he was the guy. Documentary. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Documentarian. I don't know who the guy. The guy they were following. The the I will call him the oh, narrator. The subject. Yeah. Well, he was just going around like just calling out doctors and stuff and. He would basically show up to a doctor's office and would say, well, why are you, you know, and it wasn't a doctor, I'm trying, it's like, so the American Cancer Association, you know, the, uh, you know, these big organizations that are trying to help people that happen to have all these things or the American Diabetes Association, stuff like that, whatever their, their things are. Um, he'd go in with a study and be like, well, on your website, you're telling people to eat healthy, 
But this study shows that these are unhealthy things, and it'll be like, you know, chicken or fish, and it's just one study. And the doctors are like, look, you've only shown me one study, and it would just constantly keep doing this to people. And my favorite one, and I think, Sean, you've probably got this text message from me, was that he claims that there was a study that showed that eating an egg a day is equivalent to smoking five cigarettes. So now my new text message that I love to send to everybody is that, you know, I just, you know, finished smoking 10 cigarettes this morning. I feel freaking amazing. Wait, does, so, does that make me cooler than I thought it was previously? Apparently. Apparently you've been smoking tons of cigarettes like the cool kids for years. Congratulations. You just didn't know. I know, Matt. High five. I, I just need to go eat it out in the cold so I can take a break during work to do so and take an egg break. Coolness. Be like, I got to go take my egg break for the day. Ugh. Give me a five. But yeah, I, I think we, we watched probably about three quarters of it, and I just couldn't do it after that. I had to shut it off. I think they, they finally got to something about breast cancer, and my girlfriend, who uh, used to work in that area, just lost it at that point because they were making some correlation that was complete BS. But yeah, it was about three quarters of the way through, and it was just horrible. Sean, you probably saw some text messages uh, from our buddy John, who's actually a cardiologist, who was just tearing it apart. So yeah, he uh, he wasn't he wasn't a big fan. Well, of I mean, that. to be fair, as a cardiologist, you want people to eat some red meat and whatnot, right? Keep you in business. Well, that would you would think you would think that, but you know, I, I'm I yeah, was he's, he's I was, probably I was, the smartest was, of us all. No, I know, but I he's probably the smartest suspicious. one of us all because uh, let's be honest, he's going to be in business for quite a while. Rest of us, our businesses go away. Everybody's going to have heart disease, so. He's probably the smart one. But, uh, way, way to be Mr. Optimistic, by the way. That's, yeah, thanks for that. Love to live in America. I mean, I'm planning on cancer beating me before that, so I'll be fine. Ooh. Playing, playing the odds there? Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, definitely don't recommend that uh, for anybody. It's a, it's a terrible documentary. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a documentary. It's so bad. But anyway, in terms of what I'm drinking, um, I'm actually having a little glass of uh, Eagle Rare. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's actually a, a brand of Buffalo Trace. It's a uh, really, really good. I've uh, somebody gave me a bottle a while back, and uh, I was actually drinking it the other night when we were doing our uh, our interview with uh, with Floyd, and uh, decided I'd have another glass tonight. And it's uh it's quite delicious. I don't know if has anyone actually had that. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, Dave. I'm pretty sure I gave that to you, and um, well, you were not, actually, you were not excited the first time. I actually drank that one. Oh, okay. Okay, good. And then somebody gave me another one. People just know you love America. I love America, man. Come on. That and Angel's Envy. I got two bottles of that left. So, Ooh, yeah. Angel's Envy no, is real actually, good. Yes, it is. I've, I've got maybe maybe a finger left of it, so I'm, I'm kind of saving it for a special occasion. Um, I thought about drinking that tonight, but I figured I'd finish off the, the Eagle Rare. But, Matt, I appreciate your, your Eagle Rare, um, your gift years ago. What was that, two years ago, maybe? Yeah, I think, I think you were still up here at the time, so yeah, yeah. All right, gents. Well, um, I think that's all we got for uh, watching, drinking. So, how about we do a little movie news? Um, Peter, what you got this week for us? So, there's a few things. Uh, one of them, I think, we'll start with James Bond. So, there's actually a few different pieces. One of them, I think, you guys all know about, which is uh, Daniel Craig has now signed on uh, allegedly for the next Bond. I think it's Bond 25. He's been a holdout since uh, the last installment, Spectre, which came out, I think it was two years ago now, and we've been we've been waiting. Been rumblings about Idris Elba. There's been rumblings about um, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yep. Yeah. So th- there's been a lot of different rumblings, but I guess Daniel Craig has signed on. The other interesting part that I read, and I'm not sure if you guys heard this, but Christopher Nolan. A lot of people have been kind of beating down his door about, you know, would you ever want to do a Bond flick? And I don't think he'd make a good Bond, Peter. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Come on, Christopher Nolan in, in the role of Bond. That'd be great. 
Um, no, but it, they keep asking him, you know, would you want to direct one? And he came out recently and said he would definitely be interested to do it. It would have to be the right setup, which is essentially what every single director says for any role. But then he kind of clarified it and said, you know, it would have to be something where he was reimagining the role. So it wouldn't, he wouldn't want to just continue on with a certain thread. He'd really want to kind of reboot it in a certain way and kind of have his own spin on it. So I found that really interesting, first of all, because A, if Daniel Craig signed on, that basically means, you know, we won't get Nolan in the role because that wouldn't be his chance to reimagine it. And B, just, you know, the thought of Nolan doing a Bond film for me is pretty enticing because I'm a huge fan of everything he's done. So I don't know about you guys and where you stand and, you know, if you guys have any opinion there about Nolan. So so what would he, did he, did he actually give any you know, statements in regards to what he would do with it by any chance? Because we've already got the realistic take on it, which was the Daniel Craig, um, I guess, series. And, I mean, has Nolan, would Nolan go kind of like what he did with the Batman uh, series? He didn't go into details. I think it was kind of one of those general statements. But, you know, his, his, I think the main thread of what he was trying to say is he doesn't, he wants to take it in a direction nobody's gone and he wants to kind of reimagine it. So to your point, you know, with the Batman, you know, trilogy, the, the Dark Knight trilogy, he was able to really take that away from the campy comic book into something more realistic. So given that we've already got Casino Royale and some of these where we've taken it more towards that realistic route, I don't know what it would be. But I mean, looking at yeah. kind of his his catalog of movies, you can kind of get an idea for, you know, maybe the, the flares he might add to it. So. So, so fun fact of, uh, I was actually reading an article about uh, James Bond the other day, and they were doing a study on uh, about his drinking habits. So, what they what they did is they reread these these doctors reread all of his books, so the original books, and um, calculated how much booze he actually ingested per week, and it ended up being like three times the um, the the limit that they would consider binge drinking. So they were saying he was basically on death's bed. Like his liver was shot by the end of the by like the end of the third or fourth book. So they were basically like he's there's no way he was functioning as a as a good adult. He was bas- he basically needed to be on the liver transplant list at this point. There was no way he'd be doing this. And and that makes sense, right? It's kinda of like the archer stick, right? Where they yeah. constantly reference his perpetual drinking and they, they just actually show him uh, drunk from time to time. My still favorite line from him is the uh, that if he, he was afraid of the he was afraid to stop hangover. drinking the cumulative hangover might actually kill him, which which apparently is a real thing. I didn't know that. That is a legitimate thing. But anyway, yeah, that's called living an unhealthy lifestyle. Just FYI. Yeah, don't don't be an alcoholic, friends. <laughs> Public um, service announcement. Because when you decide yeah. to stop, it'll not be fun. So so on the Christopher Nolan thing, I do want to just quickly add. Definitely eager to see what that might be. It is something that we can you know all get to enjoy but you know his his uh, buddy matthew vaughn and as far as i know i think they do they have worked together in the past they're not just friends because they're british you know both have phenomenal track records in terms of the films they've made but you know matthew vaughn kind of gave a nice fun um that he kind of capitalized on the lack of a traditional james Bo- a traditional james bond um with the gadgets and whatnot with the kingsman and we're all looking forward to the kingsman sequel that's coming out soon. So it'll be interesting to see what Christopher Nolan would be doing with it since we kind of already have that, you know, gadget filled type movie with a little bit of realism as well as, as you guys mentioned, Casino Royale also having the realism set for the Daniel Craig universe. Definitely interested to see what that might be. Yeah, just a just a quick little insert too. Didn't he did he direct or did he just produce Layer Cake? Because Layer Cake was the one that really got uh phenomenal movie. Yeah, which that I mean that's what really got um 
uh what's his name daniel craig daniel craig in into the light yeah yeah it's but that's a good movie though if you haven't seen it check it out yeah that is a great one layer cakes the movie that really shot daniel craig into like the eye for the james bond role which also has tom hardy by the way just fyi (laughs) didn't realize that (laughs) another uh tie in is something that we're talking about christopher nolan so anyway (laughs) i'm completely blanking out on what character he was in layer cake yeah he was clarky to rewatch the movie. I mean, I just watched it again, like maybe six months ago. So some homework for you for next week. David's gonna have to talk about what he's watching. It will be Layer Cake. Layer Cake. <laughs> Alrighty. So how about we get into uh, Spider Man? I think we, we've 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 talked uh, what we've been watching and everything like that. It looks like we've been watching a lot this week. So this is that's a that's always a good thing. But the the movie we came to review was Spider Man Homecoming. We just finished our uh, our interview with actually uh, with uh, Floyd uh, Johns. He was the uh, stuntman uh, as uh, the shocker number two, I believe. Yeah, he was the double for Bo Keem Woodbine. Yeah. To be fair, number two is always a shocker, if I recall. Boom, boom. <laughs> ba bam. I'm not going to say what I, I want to say on that one because uh, it's it's dirty and disgusting. This podcast is for the kids. Come on. We got that explicit rating on iTunes for a reason, Dave. <laughs> well, then, I'm not going to say it, though. It's D- Dan Cook might too, so it's okay. All right. So uh, we'll. Uh, Going to uh, actually talking about Spider-Man now, Homecoming. Uh, so we want to kind of get everybody's initial thoughts before we move into the spoiler area. So, uh, Peter, what do you? Uh, what was your overall opinion of the movie? Sans uh, spoilers, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I have a feeling we're all going to have a very similar opinion, which was this was a great entry into the MCU. Just kind of going into this movie, obviously you've got some history involved. You've got three prior movies with Tobey Maguire that kind of kicked off the whole you know, new age craze in terms of spider or not Spider-Man, but superhero movies back in early 2000. And then, you know, you had the second coming of Spider-Man, which was almost unheard of where they rebooted the character shortly thereafter with uh, Andrew Garfield. So this is the third time we're getting Spider-Man. I know for me initially, when I heard about it before Tom Holland even came into Civil War, there was some hesitation just because what is it going to be like to see another character play Spider-Man? It's a completely different timeline, if you will. Uh, you know, this one was is being shepherded by Marvel. So that's always a good sign because they seem to know what to do with these properties. But yeah, ha- had a little bit of hesitation, really enjoyed Tom Holland and Spider-Man's entry in Civil War. And just overall with this movie, I was a really big fan. I thought they were able to kind of take things in a direction that most of these have not, which is, you know, let's not cover the the background. Let's not talk about the origins of Spider-Man. Let's really kind of get into him already being the hero. We don't need to go over him getting bit by the spider. We don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot again for the third time. So it was, I think it was refreshing. They had a, a great take on it. I think Tom Holland really embodies the character and does a fantastic job kind of bringing a new energy to it. I think part of that also is the fact that this is, you know, him being, you know, an actual high school student as opposed to, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire, who spent a very short time, maybe 20 minutes in the first Spider-Man before he graduated. And then you've got Andrew Garfield, who just never really seemed like he was in high school. But anyway, you know, this was an interesting one to see Tom Holland play, you know, the early sophomore years of of uh, Peter Parker. And overall, I thought, you know, the villain in this was not a throwaway Marvel villain. There was actually some depth to it. It, it wasn't, you know, it didn't have a plot line. And, and this, I won't, I won't really call this a spoiler, but it, it wasn't a end of the world type plot line, which a lot of these superhero movies do, which I thought was also really refreshing. It was, 
you know, kind of a side villain and uh, a side adventure going on in the universe, which helped to justify the fact that, you know, a bunch of other superheroes that we already know exist aren't coming to step in and help him out. So, you know, long way to say really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really fresh take and, you know, looking forward to seeing more of him. And it sounds like we're going to get a lot more of him in, in a lot of the other movies. So, uh, Matt, what about you? Yeah, I mean, not much to add there. Just uh, kind of had the same hesitation before they announced the the idea of Spider-Man entering the MCU. I mean, there was, a you know, at that same time, there was some kind of enthusiasm from the fact that it was somewhat out of the hands of Sony. So it was a little bit of hope there that you might get uh, the same level of quality and attention to the character uh, as, as the rest of the kind of Avengers crew have been getting from uh, Marvel and Disney. And so the introduction to Civil War kind of put that all to rest. I was thoroughly impressed with that Spider-Man role and how they portrayed him. And like you said, he was clearly still in high school and through this movie that continued that way. And so just just a fun movie all around. This incarnation was a, was a very well done, fun time. Um, I really enjoyed the, the amount of humor that there was. Um, you know, it's it's something that probably could be debated if you're if you're a stickler, but there there was a fair amount of Iron Man. I don't see that as a bad thing, but you know, there what not just him being present, but just some general kind of involvement in Spider Man's growth. Uh, so we'll kind of see, and we'll probably discuss that discuss discuss that more in spoilers. But uh, overall, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie again. Um, in terms of you know how it ranks th- this year for the, the the movies we've have our, had already. I mean, with with Guardians of the Galaxy, Wonder Woman, and and now Spider Man Homecoming, it, it's a it's a tough uh, a, it's a tough call. Um, I know I know we're not really trying to rank them, but just we already know those were really good movies. Um, and uh, this just another one that kind of hit it out of the park. So looking forward to discussing it further and seeing what else you know what else Spider Man gets into through in the MCU. And, you know, we have a ways to go for the next one, but I'm pretty excited for it. What about you, Sean? Yeah, man. I mean, I was, let's just say it was one of those popcorn movies I've been actually waiting for this summer. So like the first one that, that I thought was worthy of the, the hype that it's received. Um, didn't count too many product placement moments, which I know I always like to check out uh, when it comes to these movies. But um, <clears throat> there's a couple which I'll get into later. But uh, I think overall, the new refreshing point like peter and and yourself just mentioned matt um i think there are some things i didn't like but for the most part there was a lot more that i liked than i than what i didn't like so you know i think a lot of it what i would like to say has already been said in probably better words than what you than what i could do so um i'll just say this that it was probably my favorite incarnation of spider-man um so yeah we'll see uh we'll see what's to come in uh in his next adventures yeah dave what about you so you know it's it's kind of hard to uh, add to what y'all have actually said on this um i think we've all hit on the same point of that this was a very fun movie a very 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 fun movie there was always that initial issue with the fact that sony was still attached to it and considering what they have done with the uh, with the franchise prior and you know they they did did, did fairly well with you know your Tobey Maguire but um the Andrew Garfield just I, I just could not get into him I and like and they Peter men, made the mention it just didn't seem like he was your typical high school you know nerd he seemed he I don't know if y'all felt it but he seemed very he, he was too cool for a Peter Parker type character. he did feel you, a little you, too British for me I agree <laughs> no I, I wouldn't say he was too cool I just mean bro I, mean. everyone in that 
He everyone just, in that in that movie it was actually on TV the other day, and it just everyone seems like they're thirty five year old people in high school. But even the, the character just was not the typical nerdy Peter Parker. Peter Parker was a huge nerd, and like he just it seemed like Andrew Garfield just kind of just like ran with it, and it was just kind of like this this oh I'm the 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 new age nerds as you call them right. It wasn't the nerds from when like we were kids where like if you actually liked Star Trek and stuff like that you were harassed. Now it's cool to be a nerd. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take that they went back to that with Tom Holland. And he portrayed it perfectly. Like, you didn't really want to be Peter Parker. Because you were like, you knew it was that awkwardness that he was going through. Because we all either, at one point in our lives, experienced that. So I, I, I thought that was kind of great how they, they touched on that heavily. Well, I think just to, just to jump, jump in on that, I, yeah. I didn't necessarily not want to be Tom Holland. It made me not want to go to high school. Because the overall... Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> and all that. So I didn't feel like he was, over, you know, necessarily nerdy. And they kind of showed him in general, even the people. And, what, you know, we'll talk about Flash and, and the other yeah. folks that interacted with it. They all, you know, his circle ended up pretty much being, what was that, an academic decath- decathlon team or, or something yeah. of that sort? Yeah. Uh, making me want to watch Billy Madison. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, they all kind of hung out together. And you, they had that closeness because they had that tiny, like if you want to, you know, a, a, a team of some sort or just any other sort of club in high school, you had that. But I never felt like... He was, aside from, you know, obviously the general bullying, but it just made me think, yeah, that kind of was yeah, high school, which makes me think Dave would want to bring up the in-betweeners because of that general uh, similar, <laughs> similar high school feel. You know me too well. It's a little too, too close to home in that sense. Hey, it isn't a podcast unless we talk about the in-betweeners or Love Actually at least one time or Matt's hate of Star Wars or Death Star. There we go. We got it. We hit all three right away. So we got them all in. All in. <laughs> in all honesty, podcast. though, is high school in New York cooler than high school anywhere else? Because I always feel like I didn't get Kinda the seems full like experience. <laughs> I mean, everything in New York's cooler than everywhere else. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That first party scene definitely told me that it's cooler in high school. Seriously. So. Well, that, that, that party scene was cooler than my college parties. So. <laughs> but that, that, that one actually seems more like a high school party than other movies I've seen high school parties look like. So... You know, they're like, oh, yeah, wait, we have drinks and food. Aside, and- aside from the house, he's right. It did. I guess that's I guess that's true. The house and the the opulence of everything. Well, was you didn't go to Jesuit High School, so you didn't get that experience. With oh, all those nice houses. I forgot. I'm sorry. Ooh. Yeah, but you know, and the, the thing that I got me was that you actually had what was it, Flash DJing, at the, making the attempt at DJing the thing because you know, remember, but everybody in the high school had that one kid that was like. Dude, I'll, which, which I'll by DJ. the way, I'll DJ, best, bro. best part of that movie was that they influxed Jamaican horns. Just yeah. <laughs> you always have to have that in every movie. That should be mandatory. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> well, yeah, but but yeah, we'll get into that uh, in a second. If we want to get, I don't want to give too yeah. much away, but yes. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I overall thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm kind of jealous that Sean actually went and saw it twice. I think you're the you are the only one, correct, that actually got to see it. Twice. Sounds that way. I, I uh, yeah. I actually this is going to be embarrassing, but uh, I drank a lot of coke in the movie th- the first time. So there's three. I actually had to leave during uh, one of the closing scenes. So I had I had to come back and see it again so i made sure i sat through that part of it <laughs> well actually an interest uh, so a fun little fact is actually i actually me and matt actually watched this together because uh we uh we were where i was i was in a wedding up in dallas so i swung over to fort worth and uh caught the what was it a ten forty show with you on thursday yeah yeah it was it was nice. We could actually, we could actually. Uh, Way to go, fellas! Did you hold hands the entire time? We tried. I mean, through the through the suspenseful parts, yeah. That's yeah, good. that's good. The problem was the guy next to me was passed out and. <laughs> Who held the popcorn? Was that guy Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Matt likes to breathe heavy when he sleeps. I've noticed. <laughs> 
it's but, it's true and you knowing it doesn't bug me but it does still fun still sound, sound creepy talking about it oh it, it it definitely most definitely sounds creepy so don't worry that's what i was aiming for but, mission well, accomplished all right so i guess that's our initial thoughts Do y'all want to kind of move into some uh, spoilers so peter i know you, you may have to pull out at some point in time pretty soon um, again you, so you wouldn't we'll have this problem if real- you learned how to do that earlier God. I I can't make a joke because that will involve my child. So. Speaking but of the best, I was gonna say, joke. man, no matter how you answer this, you're screwed. <laughs> Literally, where's Michael Scott when you need him? Well, I was thinking of the best, the my my favorite pulled out joke from Ryan Reynolds in Waiting, which just ties in really well to one of the writers of this movie. Wow, Leia Francis Daly. Nice, man. Look at that, man. So, Funda- also fundamental of waiting. So, do you want to you want to peck down that a little bit more? You want to talk a little bit about waiting before we uh, we get into this and how the the most silent character in waiting happened to was he co did he co write it? I, I didn't I didn't look at the the rankings, but yeah, him and uh, a Jonathan Goldstein, whose name I wasn't familiar with, but also did Horrible Bosses, Horrible Bosses Two, um, which you know very very fun, um, you know funny films as well. So you can kind of see where the 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 humor in the sense of just mm-hmm. comedy throughout this film comes from. Um, and then jumping into the, the, I know we're not doing spoilers because all this, you know, cast and crew information is available, but it, it was interesting with the, uh, the director as I, I unfamiliar with him completely. Uh, John Watts um, directed a film with Kevin Bacon called cop car. But beyond that, you know, he's got, a, he's got a fair amount of credits, TV and, and whatnot, but nothing I'm familiar with. So he, he, he nailed it on his first outing. So good for him. Yeah, so it seemed like they, based on the, the the directors and the writers on this, it seemed like they were trying to make this a, a very comedic type thing. Now, do y'all think this is going to be the way they're going with the rest of the MCU? Because it seems like that's kind of where they started off with uh, Guardians. Thor is looking to be a somewhat comedic. Uh, Ragnar- Rag- yeah, Ragnarok. I, I think that's a good a good call out. You know, Guardians in space was very humorous. You know, everybody always enjoyed the levity when they added it to the moments um, with the, you know, the in general in the Avengers movies with Cap and Iron Man's kind of interjections. But you have a clear a clear sense that Ragnarok's going to have a fair amount of uh, kind of Guardians influence. So it looks like they're they're capitalizing on the humor. And and let's be honest, I mean Iron Man, the original Iron Man always had a good sense of humor with uh, the humdrum bees over there for Terrence Howard, who uh, kind of left the universe altogether, which gave us Don Cheadle. So it's okay, but. I guess they've always had a fair amount, a fair sense of humor, which is nice because the comic books, while I'm not too familiar with them, they always had good jokes in them as well. So it, it's nice. We'll see if they over don't overplay it, but uh, it's good that they're staying away from the the darkness that is the DC universe or was until Wonder Woman. So I was gonna say, I just real quick, I think this movie was comparable to Ant Man with the level of humor that uh, we got with the action tied in. So. Just my little side note in terms of when they started going heavy on the humor was with, the, I thought, Ant-Man. I, I think you're definitely right. And I, I kind of have to wonder if some of DC's kind of missteps in terms of going dark made them do a pivot. Because if you look at it, I mean, to your point, Matt, the early movies, even Iron Man, there was there was a de- decent amount of humor in those. I think when it really started to turn was probably uh, Winter Soldier, where it had a much heavier plot line. It was kind of a very serious uh almost, I'm trying to think of it kind of like a Cold War type thriller. And then, you know, Civil War also still continued down that vein. And then you look at the surrounding movies and you've got, you know, to your point, Sean, you have Ant-Man, you've got, you know, the Ragnarok's coming around the bend. You have, um, 
yeah, even looking at Black Panther, it looks like there's kind of a, you know, it's a lot brighter colors uh, and a lot more, you know, it seems like there's going to be a lot more uh, levity in these. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of them doing it. I think that's the way they should be going. And especially with this character, I find it really hard to see Spider-Man in a dark universe. I mean, he's, he's a high school kid, first of all. And even if he wasn't a high school kid, he's always kind of been a smart aleck and, uh, I think, again, they portrayed him so well. It's definitely the right way to go. And, and I think on that, it's also potential. Like, I loved Winter Soldier. It might be my favorite. You know, if I look at him, all these movies individually, Winter Soldier might be my favorite. And um, I think it's the mixture that they have that it's really successful. So it'll be interesting if all of this is just a good setup to counterbalance what's going to happen in Infinity Wars and then the, the, the following Avengers movie. So That's a great point. Well. We'll see, but so far the mix has been pretty pretty good, and I, I I do like you said. I think it's good that they're leaning on the side of of humor and lightheartedness rather than um, terrifying uh, <laughs> darkness and reality and whatnot. So, all right. So we did we already we already discussed our initial thoughts uh, in regards to this. So let's get into some spoilers. So real quick, opinion on Tom Holland as the Spider Man, the newest one. So. Real quick, in each person's uh, quick opinion, where does he rank in terms of? Uh, well, we could we can just do uh, Toby and uh, Andrew. We won't talk about the '70s versions and all that stuff because, frankly, I don't even remember who who it was. So, Tom Holland, Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield, go, Shawnee. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably put him as the like the actual Spider-Man. He is probably the best one that they've had so far. In in my eyes, it it goes out of the three. I'd probably say Tom Holland because he put he's more of the the teenager. He covers the actual like Peter Parker from the comic books. Whereas uh, Tobey Maguire was, I thought he was pretty good in the first Spider-Man. And then it kind of the first two I didn't think were that bad in the uh, in that trilogy that Sam Raimi directed. But uh, the third one was just obviously the, the biggest bomb out of any of the ones. But uh, I'd probably put him second and then followed by Andrew Garfield, which I started watching The Amazing Spider-Man the other night, the first one of their of his two movies. And that's just not a good, it's not just, it's not, it's just not fun. Like, it's just like, eh, like whatever. Like, why do they do this? Cash grab. That's why. It's always the answer. Um, but yeah, so I'd probably put uh, T- Tom Holland at the top of the list, uh, surprisingly. But uh, what about you, Peter? What are your thoughts on the Spider-Man? Yeah, I think I think I'm right there with you. I think my only differing point there is I almost have to go by movie because for me, Spider-Man Two is probably you know kind of the pinnacle of Spider-Man movies so far. I mean, I I think Homecoming really comes close, but I don't know that I'm willing to kind of crown it as the best one yet. So you know, if if I'm talking Spider-Man Two, I really like to- Tobey Maguire in the role. I-, I am with you though, Sean. I mean, in terms of you know embodying the Peter Parker that I think most people think of, which is the high school kind of uh, smart aleck kind of nerd. I really like what Tom Holland did. And then, you know, in terms of Andrew Garfield, I was never on board with that movie. I hated those movies. So I almost just kind of disregard those movies as ever happening. And I think uh, everybody's better off with uh, that as their their starting point. So, uh, yeah, I don't think much too much more to add. So, uh, Dave, what about you? So, you know, I'm torn. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat as Peter on this one of Spider-Man 2, just because it's the it has Doc Ock in it. You know, it just that is your classic Spider-Man versus his 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 nemesis type situation. And I wish they would have given that opportunity to to Tom Holland, because I think he could have actually done it a lot better. You know, they, they pulled out Vulture in this particular one. And I don't know if that was as much of a, a villain that Spider-Man really, you know, 
could take full advantage of. Doc Ock was always the best one, in my opinion. Uh, you know, when I read the comics when I was a kid, that's what I enjoyed reading about him and Doc Ock because it was the the two smart, you know, really smart guys going after it. But man, it's like it's I'm kind of I'm kind of with Peter on this one. It's kind of like Spider Man two, then Homecoming, and then the what? No, I okay. So here's the the real one: Spider Man three reverse versus the uh, the uh, Andrew Garfield uh, versions. I'd almost put Spider-Man three above them all because those I just could not. Believe. Well, that's just that's just wrong, Dave. I can't believe <laughs> you say that. Sp- Spider-Man three was great wall quality as far as, far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, Dave, so. it wasn't good. I mean, like you think you have to think back, emo Toby, like Toby McGuire. That's, that I, is that's like what all. I no, I am I am I am saying that emo. I'm almost kind of saying emo uh, Toby McGuire might almost be better than Andrew Garfield. I just did not believe Andrew Garfield as a as Spider-Man. He was not Peter Parker to me. I'm sorry. He's he was not nerdy enough. He was too he was too cool. Toby Maguire was the ultimate like nerdy kid. And then, you know, you get Tom Holland come in and he's actually got the awkward, you know, teen dork like just like perfect. But, you know, Andrew Garfield, I was like this kid is too cool for what we actually knew. He's too good-looking and he's too cool. This is not a nerd. This kid would, you know, tear it up in high school and he did because I mean, look at who did he pull? Uh, what's her face? Uh, Gwen Stacy, who was played by uh, uh, God. Emma, I mean, that was Emma Stone. But let, let's Emma not Stone. Uh, let, let's not insult the ladies that we saw in uh, Homecoming here. Oh no, he's he he was doing well, but you know. And uh, Kirsten Dunst is, isn't uh, anything to look at, anything to scoff at either. So, oh, wait, 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 <laughs> the, wait, wait. Which one was it? <laughs> to scoff at or look at? Kind of <laughs> yeah, you need to. Well, you, I, I corrected the scoff at right, so that was the correct answer. The the best part about the, uh, the we're talking about how like the you know Andrew Garfield didn't portray like the uh, like the high school quality. Did you see that? Did you hear the joke how they're like, yeah, Spider Man, he's probably like in his thirties, which like uh, was funny because Andrew Garfield was in fact thirty when he was in that second Spider Man movie. I think. Are you kidding? No, me? I didn't realize he was that old. I mean, shit, he's. Well, I mean, what Tom Tom Holland just turned. 21 like uh like last week i was listening to a podcast and he was or, but he still looks like he's 12 yeah. so they're, they're he safe. still looks like he's 12 so he's he's set and like they're, and like we talked about think, with floyd i mean they filmed this movie this film wrapped last summer so like it was a year ago yeah well the funny thing is like tom mcguire he toward the end of the uh the series he started looking a little lot a lot older like in the first one he he embodied that high school look and uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's just because we're all coming off of like the '90s and early 2000 movies, where everybody that was in high school was 30. And they also surrounded him with people his own age, so it kind yeah. of masked yeah, so it, it worked out. which yeah. is what they did in all of those in the '90s. So you you also have to kind of factor that in. If if you had the cast of this movie next to the cast of that movie, same years, they they would look like a dozen shit kids. Yeah, so I agree. Well, and don't forget that the original trilogy had him skip from high school to college to graduation in the first movie. So by the time we get to the third oh, movie, yeah, he could right. very well be, you know, who knows, mid to late twenties. So anyway, b- besides Spider Man's age, <laughs> Matt, I don't think we've heard about you. What? Which? Uh, nope. Who, who do we? Who do we have for your list as top Spider Man? So you know, not not much to add. Like you guys, you know, it's kind of. We're all kind of on the same page here. I think Tom Holland definitely takes the cake. We'll kind of have to see once he get a series, once he gets a series under his under his belt, how the the ranking continues to stack up. You know, if Tobey Maguire stopped at two, he could he could still be the reigning uh, champion of the Spider uh, Men. But uh, Spider Man three, you know, Peter and Dave, you guys referenced Spider Man two. Spider Man three was so terrible that I, I don't even think I've watched Spider Man two again since. And Spider Man two was a very very good movie. Um, 
so I mean, the, the rankings the same: Tom Holland, um, Tobey Maguire, and then Anthony uh, Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Let's give him his real name. <laughs> and um, I, I do want to say though, to, Dave, to your point, I, I you know I think we'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but you know, choosing Vulture as the villain in this one, it gave us a, a new take or a new villain, so that was kind of refreshing since we've had so many Spider Man movies in the past fifteen years. But mm-hmm. if if they had gone Doc Ock or something like that, um, you know, obviously the stakes are higher. But I think you know, I think it would have been hard to argue that Spider Man could have won, uh, could have beaten Doc Ock at this stage because so much of this movie was about his development as as not just a you know a teenager growing up, but as a superhero trying to be an Avenger, trying to be just a hero, trying to be successful. So if it were Doc Ock, uh, I it would have been hard to justify him winning. So I think they took a better better idea of him. Choosing maybe a lesser, uh, a lesser villain in this one, and uh, taking on that, and maybe we'll see a Doc Ock incarnation later on. And looking forward to seeing that if that does, if that does come to pass. I'm with you on that. Uh, I agree. I would I would love to see a Doc Ock uh, reincarnation just somewhere. Always a good guy to have in. Real quick, um, I thought the I don't know about y'all, but I, I really really enjoyed the intro of this one. So it kind of picks up kind of right when Civil War. Uh, was happening, um, and I think they they showed it. What was it? Um, was it eight years prior, or not eight years? Eight months or so? Do I remember what the the cutscene was? So so that's actually that's two different two different starts there, Dave. Yeah. So one start <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Start I'm sorry. From Michael I, I, Keaton, I screwed that the, up. the origin yeah. of the the vulture, which we can we can try to talk about his motivation separately. Um, but the the Civil War kickoff for the Spider Man was fantastic. Um, real quick on that eight year transition that we that we saw. That was very interesting because the original Avengers, because um, basically the destruction of New York was what they were kind of showing us for the origin mm-hmm. of the Vulture. The eight years ago was not when the Avengers came out. I'm pretty sure that was 2012. So the timelines kind of, you know, kind of makes you think because most of these, and we've kind of talked about this previously, but most of the Marvel movies do come out. Um, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one where we knew that it didn't happen in real time because it, it based on the kind of the things that we were seeing there. Yeah. Um, this kind of makes you wonder when did Avengers happen and when is this taking place or when did Civil War happen? So it's, it's all kind of interesting to the timeline and there's no way, you know, they're not just throwing that in there randomly. So uh, an eight year time frame somehow passed between Avengers and, and now. So de- definitely curious what we'll, we'll see happens there. Well, I'm wait. I'm still waiting for that the timeline to be updated because you know every once in a while they've they've had posted timelines for quite a while where they've actually you know broken down what what movie occurs where and whatnot, and they have not nothing that I've seen since Spider Man's come out. Well, um, I mean to be fair, before, before Guardians, they didn't really have to have that. It was purely based on release date, so there wasn't true, really much true. of a, a timekeeping. It was just watch them. Well, I think they used it. Well, I mean some of the some of the things actually uh, they tied uh, Agents of Shield. Um, into it and a couple other uh, like TV shows from the from the cinematic universe. So they were kind of using those as kind of the basis on them. It was, it was, You're it was, right. That's a good point. They they do come out with those, and people have even yeah. online come out with you know kind of lists of how to watch these episodes in relation yep. to the movies. So that's a good. It's point. real interesting. So yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, go for it. But um, I know we all really enjoyed the heck out of that Civil War intro. But I think um, Matt, I don't when we when we were walking out of the theater, I think. You, you pointed out one particular scene that you liked coming out of that, um, and I heard while we were watching it, um, you you busted out laughing real hard during the conversation in the, the limo between Happy and uh, Tony. But yeah, how did you, what was your, why did you find that extremely funny? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to drop the, the joke in here, um, but I, the, the real point is just Happy, John, John Favreau, just phenomenal. Very fun to have him. He directed the first two Iron Man movies. 
Um, obviously, he's, he's gone on to direct quite a few other great hits. Still in the Disney family, doing the Jungle Book most recently, but just just phenomenal. So I was really happy to see Happy have more of a of role in this in this film, and his interactions uh, with both Tony and Spider Man were were really well done. Um, kind of the you know cliche monitoring with with um, Spider Man, where Tony will defer him to somebody else, but in in general, just all 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 really entertaining. It's just just great job giving him more of a more of a role. So I was happy to see that. Was anybody else surprised that he had such a big role? Because I don't know about you guys, but when I came into it, there was so much hype about having Tony Stark and Iron Man in it. And then you actually get a lot more happy in this than... I honestly didn't even know he was in the movie because he's yeah, not I mean, in the previews. And it's been a while since he's been around, too, because, I mean, exactly. I don't think he's really been involved in the last few movies. So I guess, does that mean that he's going to be more involved in the in what's to come, I guess? Uh, yeah, but I was kind of surprised by that as, as well, Peter. Either I, I hope so. I was he was a welcome, welcome addition. It's kind of hard to fit in. I mean, I know he was in Iron Man three and and Iron Man two. Those all obviously fit in pretty pretty easily. Probably hard to to shoehorn him into many too many other things with with so many other characters going on. Um, so I'm glad they took this opportunity to give him some some more screen time. So it looks like he's kind of stepping into um, the same role that um, oh god, it's Robin from uh, How I Met Your Mother, and I'm blanking out on her name right oh, now. Kobe Smalls. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to be an agent of Shield because he can actually act. Um, but uh, sorry, that was actually that that came off as an actual insult to um, a lot of the agents of Shield. That meant to only be an insult to Kobe Smulders. Guess we can't expect her on the podcast. Yeah, man, <laughs> damn. But yeah, no. So no, I'm thinking she he's moving into that type of role where she was kind of like the secretary. Terry sort of the coordinate I'm gonna call her the coordinator for uh the Avengers and uh, it's seeming like they're they're moving happy into that type of role where he's now moving into asset management I think it was the the uh the the role he was trying to sh- shoot for see now if you're gonna if you're gonna go that way it sounds like he's more of the Avengers cue for a James Bond tie-in um which I'm okay with as well <laughs> yeah, fair enough but all right so you know as we're talking about happy I, I did note something that I was I, I was curious to get y'all's opinion on this but uh I kind of felt like he was kind of a kind of a dick to uh, to Peter Parker. Just kind of, you know, they showed him like texting him and calling him, and he just never responded to anything. Um, did y'all get that same impression? Just kind of left him be, and and I kind of forced the the plot to go this way by leaving him alone and not keeping uh, track on Peter Parker. Did did y'all see that, or did y'all get that same impression? I think he, I I got the vibe that he was just kind of jealous of Peter. Because Tony was always putting all this like time and effort into Happy, and then like, or not really putting effort into Happy, but like just being around Happy, and then now he's kind of like it seems like got this new interest in Peter Parker, and doesn't really you know take Happy as serious as he once did, maybe, and uh, that there's like that built-in animosity. Did you guys get that vibe as well? No, but if you're if you're saying that he he's now moving on from Happy to a younger, more in shape uh, person. <laughs> um, <laughs> Spider-Man's underage, so let's not uh, <laughs> let's not go too this far. This podcast just took a turn. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Peter, oh, Peter yeah. is trying to get us to that explicit level again, Matt. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> well, so I I don't know. For me, what it kind of seemed like was, and they kind of alluded to it in that Happy ignores uh, Peter throughout the movie, and then obviously, you know, Tony Stark steps in when he needs to step in, and he kind of says, "Yeah, I knew what was going on all along." So I wonder if it was one of those where. He was doing that more as a test to Peter just to see how he reacts to situations. It didn't seem to me like it was they were trying to develop any any stronger, you know, animosity between them, but 
Um, especially by the end, because it seemed like by the end they were kind of chums. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Peter. I think the only thing was they, they at the end they realized they did it a little too much because they wished they had actually acknowledged a few of the a few of the mm-hmm. claims of, of Peter. Yeah. Um and could have helped him or even just stopped preventing things from happening before Peter had to get involved. Um, but I, yeah, otherwise, yeah, it seemed like they were kind of on the same page of how they were supposed to handle Peter, let him cry wolf a few times, and then let him let him do. So, all right, so we've we've covered most of our heroes in this, but let's let's talk about um, let's talk about Vulture the villain. We kind of touched on him a little bit, but uh, basically on how he came to be. So you know, we we now have Batman. The in in my opinion, Batman turned it into. Uh, now a bad guy, the vulture. So he still flies. So that's always a good thing. So, you know, we had damage control show up. That was the eight eight years prior that I was talking about in, uh, with the Avengers, you know. Wait, real, destruction. Real, real quick on that, Dave. Batman flies? Dude, come on. He he glides. Excuse me. Okay. He, he glides. He, he falls with style. He he buzz light years it up. But I don't know that he... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair right. enough. Well, I mean... Is there any? Uh, did he? Did he? Do I'm it sure there's a few canon comic books. I was going to say the cartoon that show him. Did he have like rocket? Pack pack or something? I, yeah, I had a, I had an action figure with a rocket pack, so he flies. <laughs> Boom! Batman flies. And he also was Birdman, so he transitioned from Batman to Birdman to Vulture. So yeah, that's we're, true. He, we're really going to go there. Man, he likes to be that flying. Keaton's really worked out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. What did you guys think about that from like how he entered in the beginning with the, uh, you know, basically getting the contract from the from uh, the government, I guess it was to clean up all that and how basically he earned, they got the technology from that site. Like, what, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think that was and this is kind of another question, side question, but like, do you rem- I don't even remember what that was. What technology was that from? Like, what was that from uh, Ch- the Chitari? From the original, Chitauri, Chitauri. Yeah. okay, yeah, I couldn't even remember that. Like that's how it's been that long since I've seen the original Avengers. Good, you might want to go back and watch it. It's a good one. Always a good one to catch on. But 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 that actually is a good point because there probably is a fair amount, and I think we talked about this with the Wonder Woman. There probably is a fair amount of folks seeing this because it's a Spider-Man movie, not caring about the Marvel universe. So I, I wonder how this movie comes off to them with, with with references to that. I think it's something they could probably look past, but um, even for folks who have seen it, like Sean, they can forget. So. I will say, just as an aside on that point, which is, you know, the tiebacks to the movies, I actually went to go see this with my sister. She she said, yeah, you know, I haven't seen a movie in a while and I haven't seen any of these and this one looks like fun. And uh, it didn't really get to her the fact that she didn't have the tie-in. So she hasn't, I don't think she's ever actually seen the Avengers. I don't think she's seen anything after the Avengers. So all of that was kind of, you know, German to her and it didn't really throw her off. So I, I do think... For me, that was an interesting part in this movie in that uh, they didn't call back enough to other movies to make it distracting. I thought this could be its own movie separate from the universe, and it doesn't require you to see the other ones, which is always nice. It's nice to have something that has a connection but doesn't require you to you know, actively remember every piece and part. And that's that's no small feat, so good on them. That's that's nice to hear, though. I had no idea what you and your sister might talk about if um, she hasn't seen these movies, so... I'm glad you guys are still friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't disown them. I, I allowed them to. They're still part of the family. Right, How good. nice of you. That's so sweet. <laughs> but I mean, to pull it back to the vulture piece, though, um, I was actually a little. To your question, Sean, I was a little turned off a bit when it started with the whole. You know, I'm, I did this for my family. I leveraged the whole house type plot line. I wasn't. I wasn't bought in at the beginning, but the way they took it throughout the film, I actually kind of got on board because 
it made him more of an everyman. It made him more of a likable kind of realistic character. Uh, besides the fact that, of course, he had the most convoluted way to steal things, which is to make a bird suit and fly and attack things from the sky. That was kind of uh, didn't make much sense, but I was still on board with it. Um, I, I think I said it in my overall opinion of the movie. I, I liked the fact that this was a villain that was not, you know, the end all be all. I'm going to attack the world and blow everybody up. It was kind of a more personal villain that we could kind of get in get involved with. So I, I was a fan of Ultra. I thought Michael Keaton did a great job and I was a huge fan of how the way he portrayed it. He even made a point to like, they said fly under the radar of like, you know, Iron Man and the Avengers, like they just wanted to be considered like organized crime, like normal criminals that were just stealing from, I don't which I don't even know if they were even noticing that they were stealing from them at some point. Did you, did you guys think they even noticed that? Well, I mean, if they were, if, I mean, if you looked at what they were transporting, they were just transporting in trucks. They had that little thing that would open up. They would just take stuff out of those trucks real quick. And, you know, there was no sign that they had had removed anything. I doubt seriously they're checking off every little single thing. So if they kept their numbers low, they could easily steal them. And it seemed like that's what they were doing. It kind of reminded me of it's like the Walter White from Breaking Bad plotline, right, where he's doing things for a good cause. He's trying to support his family. But in the in doing so, he's putting weapons out into the world and they're killing people. So it's not that he's necessarily trying to kill people. He's just trying to make money. And it's it's that same for me, it was that same feeling where it, you watch Breaking Bad, you really want to like Walter White. But at the end of the day, he's distributing, you know, meth to the world, which is a terrible thing. So it's, you're, you know, they're, they're the good bad guy, if you will. So, so let me ask this question. Prior to, to um, him accidentally killing Shocker, uh, the Shocker one, do you think he's actually killed before? Or was, because it seemed like he was genuinely surprised when he actually, you know, shot whatever that, I'm going to call it the death ray at um, Shocker and killed him. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't think he had killed anybody, but I I think he had accepted the fact after doing this for eight years that that may happen. And since yep. this guy was, especially in a sense where this guy just threatened to expose him and uh, you know Im- impact his family, I, I think he, ex- he had accepted and come to terms with the fact that that was going to happen. Um, that was a fun fun little uh, uh, joke though, nice little yeah joke when he killed him. Well, I think it, it was at that point it kind of set him off on that path, and he was it, he he realized there was no turning back at that point. Like I think he felt like he could get out of it prior to that, and then it was like he had that, and he was just he was full on in at that point. So I don't I think if he had not killed that guy, he may have not threatened uh, Peter as much, I guess, and like threatened to you know kill him and try and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's just just my opinion on him. I think that was that that point in his character arc that popped him over, and he was never on he was never on his way back. Random aside um, about Shocker One. I don't know if it catches you, but the actor that plays him always makes me think of uh, Tom Hardy's doppelganger. Every single time I I see him, oh, I always yeah. think of Tom Hardy. Yeah, uh, I was actually watching a YouTube about uh, spoil, um, spo- you know, kind of the Easter eggs and things like that, and they referenced the um, upcoming Sinister Six um, movie that may come out, or just overall kind of Spider-Man villain is coming up. And since uh, Tom Hardy is going to be in. Uh, potentially be Eddie Brock Venom in in that movie or whatever production they end up making. Um, they're like, it's good thing he's, Shocker One's gone because we can't have Tom Hardy as Venom and Tom <laughs> Hardy's lookalike as another character. So nice. good job. Well, then they then they could be brothers from another mother, if you will. 
I mean, speaking of brothers, I, I always recognize that guy as the brother of one of the characters from the OC, and it makes me remember that I grew up in the 90s, and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So Fair enough. The, the big question, I guess, from you guys, we were talking about the Vulture. Like, How did you guys feel about the big reveal like in the movie, I guess, toward the end of the film with uh, the Vulture basically being the parent of the love interest of the movie? I thought it was a nice twist. I actually thought it was a nice twist. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I actually did not see it coming. What about y'all? I, I didn't see it coming, and the payoff was was definitely there with the car ride. So that that scene, the just the way they both carried that scene in the car ride, um, interacting, um, Tom Tom Holland knowing Spider Man knowing, and, and Vulture not yet knowing but starting to realize, um, just fantastic work between the two of them, um, and that alone was worth it. I, I also mm-hmm. didn't see it coming, um, but even I feel like if, if somebody was paying attention and they maybe did catch it or get an inkling that was those kind of coming coming down. Um, that that scene alone in the car was was enough yeah to make it worthwhile I, i'm in the same boat and i i was actually they kind of had me going in a bunch of different directions because they pulled that and i didn't see it coming so it was a shock and the second that happened the first thing i thought was all right well michael keaton's gonna have to die at the end of this movie because he knows the identity of peter parker and then thought the same thing yeah and then they they pull another fast one on you at the end of the movie and i, I know we'll get to that later so i thought they did a really good job with kind of keeping you on your toes throughout yeah and i think the uh the key thing that happened to, like throughout the movie is that they basically Peter kept doing things to piss off the vulture, but he kept doing things to save his family. So like redeeming himself in his eyes. So where he couldn't, he couldn't totally hate him. Like he was respectful of the fact that he saved, you know, the, the DC scene where he saved uh, Liz's life in, in the elevator. And then he goes and at the end of the movie saves his life. So yeah, I know we we talk, we'll we'll talk about the the reveal part, but yeah, that that's sort of what I kept saying is that he kept doing things so that the vulture, you know, didn't hate him necessarily. But it's all uh, about family. It's all about family. <laughs> yeah, you got. You it seems to be the the recurring theme of the summer is it's family. It's and they find eight movies. It seems to work for one franchise. Why not try it for one other franchise, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So sorry to jump into that, but also one last thing too on the vulture, but. Did you guys, so that picture at the beginning, the drawing of like the Avengers, was that from Liz then? And in fact, like the, cause he was talking about how talented the kid was. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I, not really sure. Um, did they ever show her artwork rest of the movie? I, I don't, don't think they remember. did, but I'm, I think that, I assume that had to be her cause I don't think he had another kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just, that was just a little aside that I was, question I was curious on. Yep. Didn't even, didn't even think about that one. Good catch. So another thing that was kind of interesting was this, is that the uh, the pseudo-Iron Man suit that Peter was given, um, we've seen a full upgrade since what we saw in Civil War, which was basically, you know, I think the only thing we noticed in Civil War was that his eyes kind of flexed in and out a little bit um, to help uh, his vision, but... What what do y'all what was y'all's opinion on all the systems in the suit? I mean, it was basically a mini Iron Man suit, if you will. Um, it was supposed to help enhance, you know, Peter's Peter's powers and whatnot. But what would y'all go with that? What was y'all's opinions on uh on that uh, the suit and Karen, I believe her name was, who was um, shoot, I'm trying to think who was who Jennifer played that Connelly, yeah, Jennifer Connelly, yeah, Jennifer Connelly was her life. Paul Paul Bettany's wife. Uh, I, I didn't even. Uh, did you guys pick up on that like during the movie, or is that did you no. notice that afterward? I didn't, but I looked it up after, and I remember literally reading about it like two days before seeing the movie, so I completely <laughs> forgot about it. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I had no idea that, that was uh, Jennifer Connelly until I, I read that, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, that really. But yeah. All right. Um. So, what was y'all's opinions on the suit? Y'all, y'all like um, what they did with it, or do y'all think it took away from Spider-Man as a whole? I was actually okay with it because for me, it kind of reminded me of you know, 
it's analogous to Tony Stark giving him, you know, like a Ferrari, like a really nice car. It's got a bunch of features, you know, it or maybe we'll say a Tesla, right? You know, it's got auto drive. It's got, you know, um, cruise control. It's got all these different things that he can do to, to make him more efficient, but it didn't necessarily, he didn't need it. It wasn't something that necessarily made him more powerful, for instance. I mean, he turns on a lot of the features like what was the one I think it was like instant kill or or uh, <laughs> like yeah it's a good one so, I, so interrogation I mean, mode yeah 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 I mean so he turns them on and they're really just kind of supplemental I mean they help him to be more effective but again I didn't think it was too distracting and at the end of the day uh, you know he kind of redeems the whole idea of the suit by rejecting that you know, the final Spider-Man suit at the end. So mm-hmm. um, I, I was okay with it. I, th- I thought it was a great way to have fun with it and not have to focus on the same stuff we focused on in all the other movies, which is, you know, how, mm-hmm. d- how can he stick to a wall? And, you know, how, how does he shoot web? You know, rather than those pieces, we look at, you know, the different sorts of functionality he may get. Plus it's a great tie in to Tony Stark. Cause obviously Tony Stark would do exactly that if, you know, if he built a suit for him. So I, I was a fan of it. Training wheels protocols. Yeah. <laughs> great. And the baby monitor protocol. The baby monitor. I forgot about that. One. Lots of great Easter eggs. So, so yeah, I was a fan. Yeah. I was, I was going to say just the, and the one at the end, like I was trying to figure out, like it's, Someone said that it's supposed to be like the Iron Spider suit, which is like the suit that Tony Stark, in the comic book, Tony Stark basically designed a suit for Spider-Man that was the the same technology as the Iron Man suit. So that was what I'd heard about that. So the other one was kind of like a, it's sort of like a play into like, I guess, get him to that level to be on the same level as Tony Stark and Iron Man, right? Like I kind of, you know, everything's building towards that. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, and 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 I think I think you you know, and I think it kind of hit on what Tony was saying toward the end of the movie, basically saying that he was trying to become like a father figure for him. So I think he kind of saw something in in uh, Peter Parker that he was wish, you know, he had been developed into in his in his child because what was he like fifteen or seventeen when his parents were were killed? I don't remember that they, they talked about it. Was that um uh, was that Civil War that they they brought that up or was that uh? Yeah, it was it was Civil War. Yeah, it was Civil War. Okay. No, I mean, I think I, I think he's he's trying to get Peter to kind of be like him, kind of thing, and I think that's it's kind of cool. Now, I agree that I thought the the the, the suit in with Karen was it gave and across the board this movie was funny, and it just gave some more fun little little comical uh, little scenes where he was either arguing with the suit or talking with the suit or you know find out all the new little pieces and parts that the suit actually has. So I thought that was extremely fun. Um, they, they definitely played on the, the comedic areas on this very well. And I think Tom Holland did a great job kind of just playing with it and running with it all. Um, so um, one thing that kind of got brought up uh, a lot, and I'm curious to hear what y'all's, y'all's feelings on it, is was the Spidey senses. Um, basically not at all talked this entire time. I mean, in the entire movie. Do y'all think that took away from it a little bit? Or do y'all think it, it was it was fairly fairly well you know done or hidden in that terms? I mean, I, I was looking for it in, in the movie, and I was surprised seeing him get hit a few times, uh, you know, and with no kind of uh, exclamation points floating around his head right before he got hit or anything like that. But Or him you know, screaming, I, my spidey I, senses are tingling. Yeah. You know, but I, it, it didn't take, you know, the movie wasn't lacking in any way as a result. I didn't think, I wasn't concerned about the character not being the same character in any way. So they, they kind of just took one thing um, and kind of, relied less on the spider senses which we've seen in all the other incarnations of spider-man and apparently the director kind of referenced that um since it was present in those he was kind of trying to stay 
away less you know stay away from those gimmicks that you'd see because you've seen them all before um so kind of leveraging the suit instead as kind of an assistant as, as peter said a supplement to to his powers um i thought was perfectly fine and yeah, he's still growing. So I mean, if if they do want to add the spider senses, spidey senses later, uh, it's more than reasonable for that to be kind of something that he hones as a skill. Yeah, and, with and puberty, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like when, when he develops as like as an actual person, like that that'll come along. Because that that was one of the things that I was thinking during the movie, Matt. Um, the other thing that I'll say about the just the, real quick about the Spider-Man part was that his web shooters were were more of a, you know that they were actual cartridges versus just like the Tobey Maguire thing. I remember like they were just out of his body. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, that was cool. Nice, nice little uh, sort of keeping in line with the comics. And I think the comics has, has had both and it's, it's always something that gets debated a lot and um, not something that we need to get too deep, deep into this one, but uh, it is when it, when it is cartridge based, cartridge based versus going out of his, you know, out of his person. Um, it's always surprising because if you do have that skill to make that high tensile silk um, thread, um, that's well, screw being a superhero, just develop that and sell it. Um. Be a real itch, <laughs> but it might explain why he's able to afford the suit that he has always created. Patent, if you think about it. it, yeah. So that might explain a lot, you know, in future rem- because he has gone from if you, I mean, it was basically the Tobey Maguire one. If you look at it, he's gone from like a you know a sweatshirt and uh, jeans to this super cool uh, suit. But where the heck did he get the money to actually purchase this and build this this material? So maybe that's what he did. And, you never know. And, and actually, on well, he, he was poor later on, and he still... I think the second one was all about him being <laughs> poor, if I remember. He just dumped um, all of his money into a suit. Come on. Uh, but I, I do want to say one thing on the suit is that he had both this, this Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, he had both the worst homemade suit um, and the best Spider-Man suit. And I think it worked out really well, especially, you know, the other two, there's no real explanation for how they get these suits. Like, I, I couldn't even make a t-shirt if I had to, let alone an actual um, suit that could, you know, actually be useful and versatile. Um, so I, I, I just bringing in the Tony uh, Stark aspect j- just for the suit alone was was enough for me. I was, I was happy because you didn't have to have that. Where in the hell... And how the hell did you learn how to do that? I know Toby Guire took some sewing classes or uh, he looked it up <laughs> online or something. But but still, the transition from a realistic teenager trying to make an outfit to some professional you know, genius like Tony Stark giving him something um, kind of shows a good transition from that perspective. In, indeed. Indeed. All righty. So uh, real quick, um, I know one of the one of the recurring jokes uh, throughout the entire thing was some uh, and, you know, they, they had hinted at a. Uh, a Captain America appearance in this particular movie. Uh, I think we were all surprised as to how those actually turned out. Um, there were some PSAs that they would show at the at the high school, and I think uh, I think our all favorite line was that the the coach basically threw out that the guy was pretty much a war criminal now, but whatever. But they constantly show these videos of Captain America in a cheesy PSA, basically explaining um, what to do in life and uh, what not to do. I forgot which were they which ones did they actually watch? Do y'all recall? They watched the uh, one was like physical fitness test, kind of like the uh, the like uh-huh. Captain America physical fitness test, and then that was in gym class. And then the other one was like, so you got detention. <laughs> yeah, and then there was uh, the sex ed right after that. Yeah, the sex ed one too. Yeah. No, I thought those were those were an interesting to take on it. I mean, they did they did acknowledge that you know Captain America is kind of on everybody's you know radar as a potential uh, 
terrorist, if not based on, on the Civil War actions. So that's kind of an interesting like tie into that. I also think those landed so well because you had Hannibal Buress as the as the uh, the coach. That was great. Who is hilarious. Yeah. That's an awesome guest star. Yeah. Uh, I I also liked the coach being the detention um, monitor as facilitator as well. I thought that was pretty spot on to said <laughs> his detention. Yeah. Did um, you guys also pick up on the uh, the principal was like the grandson of one of Captain America's yeah. uh, like original cronies from the the first Avenger. Yep. Not not just that. that, but the same actor. Yeah, same so actor. Yeah, I thought so because I saw the picture in his office was of, of himself, but like in a World War II era uniform. So, yep. thought that was maybe cool. he's the same character. Ooh. Maybe it's a new Snapchat filter. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like a dumb idea, but hey, you know whatever. <laughs> maybe Fair he's enough. his own grandpa, Fair. right? Now we're just talking yeah. about the stupid. Whoa! Now we're oh man! Now you're going out. <laughs> just got real, Jay Fry. Oh man, it's getting crazy. So. uh Real quick, um, toward the end of the movie, you know, we're, we're slowly getting to it, but uh, one of the big reveals was um, the Aunt May scene um, at the last, the last, it's mean literally the last scene of the, the, the movie. Um, did y'all actually see that coming by any chance? That I just got to add quick, the way you phrase that, it, it makes me think that Marissa Tomei got naked or something, just the way that you said that line. <laughs> the, the, really? the Aunt May scene, the reveal. Mind the in the gutter? Movie. Wishful thinking on your end, Peter. <laughs> I, I do like it when Aunt May reveals. <laughs> I, well, based on the way everybody was hitting on her in the entire movie, she was getting a bunch of free stuff, I think everybody would be okay with her revealing a little bit. I mean, you can just watch The Wrestler. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the other one. It was with uh, Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman. But, uh... well, she, <laughs> wait, Marissa Tomei was also in uh, My Cousin Vinny, right? She sure was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There wasn't she a lot was... of nudity in that one. <laughs> it, it is a lot of crazy. You, you mean Joe Pesci didn't get naked in that? I thought. Uh, thought there was a scene. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. So, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna respond to that. I'm, I'm a little concerned. But anyway, sorry, I digress. You didn't confuse me, making me think she was naked. You confused me, making me think we were gonna talk about something close to the end, and then brought up the last moment of the movie. My bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Way to just completely close enough. skip so, to uh, that. So moving to the end of the you know, getting close to the end of the movie, the final second of the movie this happened. <laughs> well, you know, if you count in, if you count in the, the, um, the end scene credits, you know, it's not technically You're good. the end. So, You're good. so we're good. All right. So what would y'all think? Y'all, y'all think that's how you think this is going to actually end up setting up going forward? Think he's going to get a, get a little whipping from, uh, from Aunt May? She's going to beat the crap out of him? I mean, I mean, with it being Marissa Tomei, I don't think anybody would mind. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let, let's let's be honest. All through the the Spider Man movie with Tobey Maguire, I was the the kind of constant trying to hide his identity from everybody, and then you know Andrew Garfield trying to hide it from Sally Field. I, I'm just glad that's done. Um, I'm glad that his friend knows. It's it's nice. I, I get secrecy. I'm relieved. That, I mean, that's pretty much all. I'm I'm stoked. I'm glad we don't have to deal with a ton of a, a ton of people trying to hide in the showers with crappy excuses, and then people being upset with them for the crappy excuses. Looking forward to it just being. Hey, hey I gotta I, go, dude. I gotta go, I gotta go to work. Daddy, yeah. daddy's gotta work. <laughs> daddy's gotta work. How did you guys like that? Like how he masked it by saying like the, the Stark internship was like. Did you guys find that annoying? Because I kind of got annoyed by that. Eh. Exactly why it's so good that everybody knows. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't bad, but that was the easier one because they didn't actually show him getting into the um, all the the weird things that they did in like the previous uh, iterations of it. So I was okay with it. Now I agree with Matt. I, I'm I'm actually quite happy that they they revealed it finally, and now. You know, now I think it's just going to be her yelling at him for the next whatever movie he's in next, which will probably be fairly entertaining. And 
her chewing out Stark. I feel like he's going to play it off and say he's just like into costumes. Like he's just a fan of Spider-Man's or something. Uh, and she might <laughs> Spider-Man cosplay. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'd be Nick furious if that. Yeah, happens. I agree. That's such, that's such a waste. And that's such a cop out for the, yeah, for the movie. To that if they, if they end the movie on such a kind of departure from traditional um, portrayals, and then they just kind of, kind of like what they did with Ben Kingsley and Iron Man three, where they kind of said we were getting oh. the Mandarin and then he was just an actor. <laughs> They they can yeah. eat a big bag of certain items um, if they go that route. You can actually mail that to them if you want. <laughs> there is a website, just FYI. <laughs> I don't want to learn more about that. That sounds disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> They're candy. Don't worry. I think I'm with you, Matt, because that reminds me of what they do on network TV all the time, which is you go through 23 episodes and there's a huge reveal. And then the very first episode of the next season, they just squash it. And they completely... It's like a dream. It's a dream season. It, exactly. Or dream, dream, epi- dream yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. I think what's exciting about it is that, you know, if you're going to have somebody like Marissa Tomei in the movie, you have to give her an actual part. And by revealing it, she can now actually play a part in the movie as opposed to, you know, your point of he just ran... She randomly kind of semi-catches him. Now she can actually, you know, be a part of what's going on in the film. So I think it will make it a lot more interesting and give her a better part. It'll give him more interactions than just him lying to her and her being, like, confused. Exactly. And to be fair, Sally Sally Field could have carried her own as well. But um, I also can't remember if she's a if, it's, if she's a singular field <laughs> or, or multiple fields. Um, so if I'm saying her name, last name correctly. <laughs> it is a Sally plural fields. fields. Yes, Damn, multiple fields. <laughs> you had had to go showing off, trying to get Sally Fields in there. Yeah, well, all right. So the final final scenes of the movie there there were two there were two end credits for this. Uh, first one was actually showing uh, the Vulture in uh, in jail, uh, getting hit up by what we think might be the Scorpion, uh, hitting up for uh, Peter's uh, identity, and uh, he, he seems to keep it close to his chest. Now, what do y'all think his motivations were for that? Do you think he's actually going to try and utilize that for for his own vengeance to, to get on him? But, but even though he, you know, he the whole the whole thing was he was all about the family and protecting his family, and then Peter, sa- you know, saves uh, Liz and saves him. So was he doing that as a favor to Peter just to kind of, hey, you saved me, I'm just going to keep you out of it? Or is he saving it for uh, for future when he uh, he's going to get out of jail and, you know, go after him? It's got to be both. Yeah, you know, exactly. He, he, he's, he's kind of an honor code kind of guy, it seems like. So um, Vulture obviously respects him, respects Spider-Man for what he's doing, um, but not enough to maybe forgive him, but enough to not toss his name out there to the wolves. Um, mm-hmm. So if he does get out of prison, I think he'll more than likely seek vengeance. But Fair enough. He, yeah, he respects him enough to not just toss him out there to be attacked by everyone. Yeah, that's kind All of about family. That's kind All of what I was family. mentioning earlier is that like he he earned the respect through like saving his family and himself. So like uh, even in that very closing scene, he the whole time he's just trying to he tells him he's just trying to save you know save him from himself more or less. But uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit set up and it's a little bit of uh, personal vengeance. But uh, I yeah. think it's a cop out if they bring back the Vulture again for another movie. But that's just me. I mean, if if he does come back, it's most likely going to be part of like the Sinister, Sinister Sticks, Sticks or yeah, any of that yeah, stuff. What, so yeah. you, you already we already know Venom's going to be there, and we already have a, a pretty clear indication Scorpion. Um, of, of Scorpion. Yeah. So you got you got three. So yeah. it's looking pretty promising in that in that respect. So I'm curious. So you think they're going to have a little in the in the Sinister Six or that Venom movie? You think they're actually going to have a reprisal of Tom Holland as Spider-Man, even though they've they've stated that he will not be in it. Um, I, I don't. 
it's kind of like what what they did kind of like suicide squad it was oh batman's not going to be in this and all of a sudden he was in like you know a little little couple little scenes here and there so they um, they stated he won't be in venom but they did they did explicitly say that there's no reason that tom holland could not cross over to the sony side of the the spider-man universe so technically there okay. could be a a later movie where he comes into play so i mean they're, they're leaving it open so are they saying that the sinister six will not actually be in the mcu so they were gonna make a sinister sinister six movie after uh, amazing spider-man 2 and then that failed uh-huh. so they canceled okay. it so that's actually not on the books anymore i not to say that it won't happen but it's technically okay. not on the schedule anymore Okay, but the Venom movie is not supposed to be within the MCU at all. Correct. It's supposed to be within the in a Sony specific. Yeah, it's supposed uh, to be separate from its from the. This is in conjunction with Marvel, so like that's why they're like working this Tom Holland into the Marvel movies. But I think the Sinister Six and the uh, Venom movies, from what I understand, is, is that it's not part of the uh, like the Marvel part of it. That's right. So are. So do we do we know if Sony's going to bring Marvel in to help um, guide the Venom movie? Or are they going to go run with it? Because, you know, they've kind of messed up the last three uh, Spider-Man-esque movies that they've tried. And the only successful one of recent was tied with Marvel. So I don't know. Would that, was that even mentioned that Marvel's going to be tied into it at all? No, it's completely separate. They've, they've sp- explicitly said it's going to be Sony's thing and no Marvel involvement. Now, not to say uh... that... They might pull them in because they realize that Marvel's going to make them a ton more money. So and has already introduced two of, of kind of big Spider-Man villains in two in one you know in one movie quite successfully. Exactly, so yep. we we can hope. Alrighty, well then then there was a, another uh, more uh, I thought entertaining uh, end credit scene, which was the uh, the Patience PSA, which I thought was 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 well played. I think that was a great one that they did. Um, I know Matt. When we were sitting there watching it, I was asking you how many um, end credit scenes we actually thought there would be based on what Guardians had, which was what six or five. And or by six. the way, you were kind of a nag about that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. So, so Peter I and Sean, if you guys ever go in to see a movie with Dave, be sure to look up the after credits before you go in, <laughs> um, just so you can give Dave a, an like answer, exact sure time answer frame. and not just say we're gonna stay because we're pretty sure it's a Marvel movie. It's there. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah, I was a bit of a nag. I like to look it up right before. So I was hoping Matt actually was informed, but uh, I was I was wrong. But yeah, what'd y'all think of that one? I, um, the, the patience PSA. It reminded me of the Howard the Duck scene from the first <laughs> Guardians, where it just completely yeah. had no relevance in anything else. But it was pretty funny. So this had way more payoff because of the build up throughout the movie with That's the PSAs. True. So That's true. There, there's definitely that. But I liked it. It was a it was a poke fun at the at the audience too. That was the that was great because you know they're making fun of us all sitting there waiting for something to pay off and make the mention that there may not usually be a payoff. It, it makes you feel involved. <laughs> it it did. I felt special. I felt like Marvel actually cares about me and not my money. It it did make so. me think how much uh you know, ask the question how much did Chris Evans get paid to to record about a minute worth of material for this movie. I don't know. That's, that's actually a good question. Probably a couple hundred thousand. Who knows? What's he actually P- making? Peter may have been being rhetorical. But I'm <laughs> I don't care. I'm just actually curious now that he brings it up. I kind of want to know a real number because like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think we're all in the wrong industry. A minute and a half of work and you get paid stupid amounts of money. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a moment in my life where I thought I was in the correct industry. <laughs> well matt let's get you in the let's get you in a movie man talk what you guys were talking about like how much did chris uh, evans get paid to be in the movie i was trying to say is yes how much did gwyneth paltrow get paid to be basically in a short you know basically a short two minute span and then get her name in like the top five 
credits at the end so that was the so the cameo was nice and it was a good surprise because we haven't seen her in a while um who knows what the iron man 3 outcome um impact on her um, abilities ends up being um but i wouldn't mind forgetting about that movie in general anyway but you're right the fact it it did catch me by surprise seeing her in the top top build uh in the credits um so it wasn't just a cameo she was she was up there I think that's about all we got. So let's do our uh, our final uh, thoughts on it, uh, recommendations real quick, and uh, we can move on to our uh, potent picks for the week. So Matt, give us your overall feeling of this. So I mean, it's a, it's a definite recommend. Go go catch it um, as soon as you can, especially considering all the movies that are coming out um, soon. I'm not a big uh, Planet of the Apes uh, remake or reboot franchise so far but i know it's something i'll be seeing um but if you get a chance to go check out spider-man definitely do so um oh just just a fun movie just very entertaining throughout every every character that was on screen we didn't really talk about the flash but every character that was on screen um i was happy to see on screen i, I enjoyed them um even if you know villain or just kind of bully uh just just great very well done um very believable portrayal of high school I, i'm a few years removed from it but it, it was very recognizable and just lots of fun Easter eggs. Um, definitely check out some kind of YouTube videos that kind of go through those in, in real detail, give you some more background on them, um, as well as the imagery associated to give kind of more indication of what they are. But one one real fun one that I liked was a, a kind of clear reference to uh, Ferris Bueller. So he's he's chasing some folks running through some some backyards in the neighborhood, and um, one of the um, one of the neighbor, one of the backyards that he kind of crashes through. You see they're watching Ferris Bueller. Uh, Felix Bueller's day off during the exact scene where Ferris Bueller's rushing home through backyards to meet his dad home. Um, if you haven't seen Ferris Bueller's day off, he makes it. <laughs> and just that that kind of whole idea that, you know, that kind of sets, kind of gives you that expectation that this movie is very um, self-aware in that regard. And, you know, they give the audience what they want uh, in terms of just a fun time. And also that kind of high school attitude that that is Ferris Bueller, just in this case, you know, not to say Peter Parker's Ferris Bueller in any way, shape or form. But, you know, just kind of that high school feel. I think I've, I've heard some folks reference a kind of a, a very strong um, John Hughes feel. And that sets it up very strongly. And uh, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. But, you know, we'll see if I ever watch Spider-Man 2 again after my <laughs> after the experience of Spider-Man 3. Uh, but failing that, I think it's safe to say this is the best Spider-Man movie as well as the best Spider-Man incarnation that we've seen on film. And uh, looking forward to seeing what else they do with it. It also made me want to watch Civil War, War again. There's actually a YouTube video that kind of shows a you know, clip-by-clip scene of the opening scene in this movie with his Spider-Man film footage versus the actual film. And they tie up really well. So it's nice to see that attention to detail. But but yeah, just just definitely go watch it. It's fun. What about you, Sean? I think, yeah, the, for the movie as a whole, I, from my perspective, was very enjoyable a lot of the same things you said, Matt, like uh, I love the high school vibe of it, the feel. It felt like it, it did have that, that uh, 80s vibe to it. One of my favorite scenes, and I, we kind of glossed over this, was like his first, the first real introduction we get to him as Spider-Man when they're going through the uh, playing Blitzkrieg bop and he's uh, just cruising around as the real neighborhood-friendly Spider-Man. That was kind of like the most uh, enjoyable part of the movie to, for me was just seeing him, seeing him in Queens, sort of being like the protector of Queens, which uh, which is kind of like what he is in the comic book, just the neighborhood friendly Spider Man. So that was very fun to see, and and as well as the uh, just the interaction with his classmates and and you know the the academic decathlon or the academic uh, the quiz bowl team kind of thing. 
which side note, the African kid was probably the funniest kid. And Martin Starr didn't get enough credit because Martin Starr, like he was, I thought he was pretty good as the uh, the teacher and the moderator. And he's like, uh, I thought I told you not to use the bell for comedic purposes. I, I laughed pretty hard at that uh, scene. But uh, yeah, it just, just uh, you know, he I thought he did a great job. Just, just in general, like the, all this, the teachers and, and like the gym coach with Hannibal Barris, like really, you know, really funny people to kind of interact with, with the the main focus of the movie which was like t- the teenagers so really enjoyed it i thought uh michael keaton was great michael keaton's been on a roll with with his uh with the movies he's been in so good to see the resurgence from him and uh can't wait to see what what comes of uh spider-man and infinity war and and, and spider-man homecoming too so that's uh really what i took from the movie but uh i'd say it's definitely top of my spider-man list but uh what about you peter yeah i mean i I don't want to repeat i think we're all on the same page this was a great movie for me what i'm what i'm really looking forward to is uh kevin feige's already kind of alluded to the fact that spider-man is going to have i think kind of five pivotal parts throughout the next you know i don't even know 10 15 movies in the marvel universe i mean he's going to be popping up in infinity roar he's going to actually be i think they alluded he's going to start or kind of lead off into phase four of the universe so i'm really interested to see how they use them what i'm hoping for is that they continue with some of these kind of smaller villains and these smaller kind of action set pieces in that we don't have to again worry about the big blue beam in the sky we don't have to worry about a giant alien invasion we can kind of get to know spider-man we can get to know peter parker and we can have fun with him in high school and kind of playing the high school antics while you are you know, Spider-Man. I think that's a really fun part about these movies. You know, one th- quick thing we didn't talk about the box office on this one. It's pretty, pretty amazing. This is the most successful right behind Spider-Man 3, which we've all basically said we detest. So, you know, even though Spider-Man 3 is the worst, it, it leads in terms of the box office openings. But this already is set up to to be one of the, the best movies from a box office standpoint. And from a Rotten Tomatoes standpoint, it falls right behind Spider-Man 2 in terms of its score. So, um, I mean, it just kind of justifies the fact that, you know, everybody, everybody's liking this movie. Everybody's going out to see it. You know, Sean went out and saw it two times and there's a lot of other people doing the same. So uh, I hope this continues to be successful and I hope we get a lot more movies in the same vein of this and and that Tom Holland gets to, you know, use his boyish good looks for 30 more Spider-Man. That would be a that'd be a good thing for everybody. So he'll be turning 40, still uh, still playing Spider-Man, still looking 15. He'll, he'll still be baby face. Yeah. So uh, for my final thoughts, um, actually, y'all, y'all truly hit every single thing. Um, this is probably our, one of our longer uh, final thoughts type thing, uh, segments. Uh, so not to reiterate everything on, on everybody, but great movie. Always recommend this. Um, walked out of it truly, truly entertained. You know, I've been recommending it to everybody because uh, I think it might actually be in the top um, in the Marvel Universe. It's probably in my top maybe five uh, movies that came out in this entire series. I'm, I'm tr- if I had to come up with that list real quick, it, it would be difficult because it's 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 up there. You know, I, I think it might it might actually exceed like we were talking earlier about the how it would fit into my my listing of uh, Spider-Man two than than this particular one. So, I truly phenomenal. Loved it. The humor was great. Like I said, it it fit perfectly. I think uh, Marvel's starting to push toward that um, toward that type of trope where it's more comedic uh, based on what they've done, the success that came in through the Guardians. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the MCU kind of takes with this and, and keeps moving forward. You know, Tom Holland did a great job. Um, Want to keep seeing him in all these movies. Excited to see when he pops up. See what kind of snarky uh, 
uh, comedic take he has on any of the battles that are happening. Because, you know, most of these battles, like y'all noticed in Civil War, he was the only one commenting on everything. Everybody else was focused on the fighting. He was more intrigued by everything that was happening around him and just kind of took it in. And I thought that was the, one of the cooler parts of this is that he still, it, it's, it's still enamored him about what's happening to him in his life. So he's, everything's cool. Nothing's just like, oh, it's just, you know, a typical day in, in my work, uh, which seems to be the rest of the uh, um, the Avengers and whatnot. So he's still, you know, he, he kind of embodies what we all are thinking when we're we're seeing all these scenes. Like, I mean, he they do it perfectly in the beginning of the movie. They kind of rehash what happened during Civil War. So it was it was a great, great little thing. But other than that, yeah, I definitely say go see it. Um, let's let's see if we can get this one actually all the way up to the top of, of opening weekend. Um at this point, or at least at least box office to you know exceed all the other Spider Mans because I think it was it was it was up there. But that's really all I got on that. So uh, I guess we'll move into potent picks uh, for the week. So Matt, what's your uh, potent pick for the week? Yeah. So um, in terms of a uh, a picture or a film or TV, so one of the writers of this movie was actually an early star of a, a Judd Apatow related TV production uh, called Freaks and Geeks. And I recently realized that was actually that's actually on Netflix. And if you're looking for something 80s after watching Glow, or and before Stranger Things two season two comes out, I think Freaks and Geeks is a is a, a great a great thing to check out. It's from the I think late 90s, early 2000s. I can't remember exactly when it came out, but uh, really really fun cast. You're going to recognize a lot of them. Um, kind of fun to see them uh, that early in their career, and then obviously how far they've come, and you kind of see the how they've all been friends since. Uh, but Freaks and Geeks, uh, just a really, really great show. It didn't get a lot of play. I think it was only one season. I'm not even sure how many episodes. It might, I think it might be yeah, 13. They didn't even actually, uh, uh, Matt, they didn't even make it all the way through the first season. They cut it. But like if you had, I bought the DVD and there's like the complete season, like the 20, whatever, 20 episodes, I think it is. Or okay. Yeah, some, some maybe 18 episodes. But yeah, good call out, Matt. Yeah, so so def- definitely check that out. Um, it's accessible too, so it's hard to hard to say. And it, you know, it's always good to get an '80s fix. So a real fun television show. Um, in terms of drinking, uh, Basil Hayden's. Um, this is something that one of my um, somebody at work put turned me on to. Great bourbon, not not too pricey, d- just delicious. I'm not sure if you guys have ever had Basil Hayden's, but uh, quite delicious. Oh yeah, great choice. And it sounds mm-hmm. much fancier than it is, but it is delicious. So that, I, I guess that's kind of I can't remember how, actually where it kind of gets from a price perspective but when it was first referenced to me and i was uh, introduced to it i i kind of pictured it and drank it as a much uh more expensive it's not cheap but as a much more expensive glass of glass of bourbon and for the you know it, it's it's reasonable and it's it's delicious so so Indeed. check it out if, if you're a bourbon fan yeah good choice what about you peter yeah so it, of all the things in the world we randomly got off onto a sidetrack from anchorman to out cold and that was actually going to be my pick this week so i'm going to actually name out cold i don't know uh if all of you guys have seen that movie but i mean zach galifianakis it's not, not bad those scenes with trying to mess with him when he would pass out drunk were priceless the the oh, car yeah. scene is probably like the one car of my favorite scenes ever yeah priceless <laughs> That's actually exactly why it came up. We were talking about uh, some fun pranks to plan some friends this weekend, and that was exactly what popped into my mind. So, oh uh, my god, that yeah. is just mean. <laughs> well, maybe not that exact prank, but you know, it's things like that. Well, so, it's that, like that golf cart thing that people are doing now. Have you seen those? Yeah, oh, so that, that, that kind of shit pisses me off. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> 
but but I mean, yeah, that's a it's a super fun movie. I was actually looking to see if it's on Blu-ray to, to go pick it up. I have it on DVD. It is not on Blu-ray, but I would definitely say that is an underrated comedy from early 2000s. And if anybody has not seen it, you definitely got to go catch it. So, uh, yeah, out cold. And actually... Uh, just checking to see where you can actually find it. I believe the only place you can find it is is rental. So unfortunately, you can't stream it anywhere. But it's it's definitely worth worth a pickup if you have Netflix DVD or or you know you can find a blockbuster that's not burned to the ground somewhere. Um, yeah. In terms of drinking, I, I don't actually have a, an actual beer because I sample a lot of different ones, so I don't want to have to pick. But what I will say is, uh, if you have ever heard of this app, it's called Untapped. It is essentially a social networking app for beer. So it actually lets you, it kind of like Foursquare, it lets you check in to the restaurant or location you are at, and it lets you check in the beer that you've had and then kind of put in a, a score or a rank and a, a little note on it. So it, it helps you to track what beers you've had, where you've had them. And then, you know, for me, the reason I really like it is I know I'll show up to a bar and I always like to try a new craft beer whenever I see one. And sometimes I forget you know, what I have and have not had. So I'll pull up the app, I'll type it in and I'll see if I've, I've tried it before. So for anybody who has not uh, heard of it before, it's called untapped and it's uh, a fun app to have if you like to try new craft beers. So, so yeah, Sean, what about you? Well, we talked about this briefly when we first got on the podcast tonight, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Tropic Thunder. So just with, uh, with all the action from Robert uh, Downey Jr. that was in Spider-Man Homecoming, he has a uh, great part in Tropic Thunder, which is a uh, comedy film that came out, what, about, shoot, eight years now? <laughs> eight years ago. It's got a great cast, uh, a lot of good cameos. Uh, Tom Cruise in his absolute finest role in the last 20 years as, as last, uh, I think it was last, yeah. A lot of good parts. And, you know, you got some early Danny McBride with, with some one-liners. Um, you got uh, a Nick Nolte playing when he does best at Lunatic. Uh, yeah, Ben Stiller leads kind of leads through the pack at Jack Black. Yeah, really, really good uh, comedy film to check out. It's on Netflix right now for uh, someone to watch for anybody to watch not just someone in terms of like a drink to recommend so this this uh, past weekend i had uh, a pims cup for the first time in, in ages and with the summer here and with it being so hot out you know nothing like a nice refreshing like cucumber based liquor liquor like drink and which is what pims is so uh, order a pims cup next time you're out and about on a sunday morning or a saturday morning It'll definitely help uh, get you back on the wagon and refresh you at the same time. That's all I got for my recommendations this week, and uh, let's let's toss it over to Dave and wrap us up here. So, so fun fact, Sean, about your uh, recommendation of Tropic Thunder. I was listening to an interview with uh, Tom Holland, and he was actually states that that's one of his favorite movies. And he actually dropped a line when he was working on uh, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. One of the scenes with. Uh, with uh, Tony Stark, the director came over and was talking with them and like trying to explain to him what he what he wanted and he you know they they already know kind of what he was thinking and he turned to him and he goes we trained actors motherfucker and I don't know if you remember that from from Tropic Thunder but it was a big line that um, Rob Downey Jr. Jr. actually dropped yeah. yeah he dropped it in the movie so and he said like the the director just like looked at him like crazy and Downey Jr. just lost it just lost <laughs> it because he thought it was freaking hilarious so fun little fact I was listening to an interview with him this week so for my my potent pick um, I actually you know based on who actually wrote this which was um, actually John Francis Daly I know we kind of talked about this uh, previously we may have actually suggested this movie in the past I'm not positive but waiting um, he was Mitch in the thing. He was a trainee. If you've ever worked in the service industry at a restaurant, this movie just 
hits everything on the tee that you will experience in that thing. You know, you, you, the cast was Ryan Reynolds, Anna Farish, uh, uh, Justin Long, uh, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember David uh, Croucher. Oh, God, I'm going to botch his last name. But, you know, actually, that's who we were actually looking for uh, for uh, Out Cold, I believe. You know, he was playing the, the manager. But uh, great movie, always, to go see. And I usually will pull it up every once in a while just to kind of reminisce on the days when I worked in restaurants. Uh, did y'all ever work in restaurants? I no, worked sorry. I worked as a sandwich artist in high school, but other than that, no real formal restaurant training. <laughs> oh, man. A sandwich artist. Various, various eateries. Never a waiter, but various eateries. <laughs> well... Regardless, any of our listeners ever worked in uh, the service industry in that in a in a restaurant like this? It was it. I mean, it hits everything to a T. Every single type of character you'll run into. But but yeah, in terms of booze, I know we talked briefly on this, but uh, it kind of got me wanting to, to drink it. Now it was actually my Angel's Envy. I don't know if you've ever had it. It is kind of on the expensive side. Great great bourbon. Uh, it might just be a whiskey. I'm not positive on it, but um, great drink. It's a sipping one, so it's not like our Kirkland's that we were talking about earlier. So Angel's Envy, definitely go try it. And uh, if you want, go pick up a bottle of that and Basil Hayden and have yourself a good little party because uh, everybody will be happy. But uh, I think that's all we got for uh, Potent Picks this week. Uh, so I think next week we'll uh, we'll be reviewing uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, should have a little little fun with some Woody Harrison in this one, so ought to be good. It's also the culmination of uh, like the Caesar trilogy. The Caesar, so is it? Yeah. So they're actually going to call it a three? Okay. Thanks. Culmination. So. The culmination. They were, but uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be next week's uh, uh, review. Uh, so as always, if you uh, you want to follow us on uh, Twitter or on uh, Instagram, as we uh, just started uh, that up as well, it's at Potent Pictures, and we also have a Facebook page too, Dave. Don't forget. Oh, nice. Well, search us on Facebook. I'm not positive it's on the potent, website for that one. It's just at Potent Pictures, just like everything else. Well, there you go. And then, as always, we do have our, our email at, uh, on Gmail, which is uh, potentpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Email us any of your thoughts, uh, questions, concerns. Heck, if you just want to um, throw out what we've... Uh, if anything we've said was uh, wrong and correct us, because we do say a lot of stupid stuff. I'm guilty of it myself. But uh, but other than that... Um, You're the most guilty. I Oh, God. I get <laughs> called out on it all the time of the, of the, the stuff that comes out of my mouth sometimes. There's, there's no real filter, I think, from my brain to my mouth. It's not good. If you call out anyway. Dave in an email, we will read it on the next podcast. I'm yes, saying and, it now. And we might actually send you some swag. When we get some. <laughs> when we get some. Well, I don't want everybody just tearing me apart. You know, if you want to throw some, you know, some flack at somebody else, please just do it. But I will take most of the brunt of, of being wrong. I will, I will admit that. Oh, well. Sorry, Dave. But uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate your pity. Let's, let's put it that <laughs> we'll way. get you an ice cream cone. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, can it be soft serve? With, uh, <laughs> no. With like no, it a, can't. Um, Freeze don't get, don't get what, cheesy. But, 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 but what about a waffle cone? No. You get a cake cone and that's all you get. Damn it. Well, better than nothing. Until next time. I think that'll right? do us for the evening. Indeed. We'll, we'll see. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everybody. Cue the outro.